Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Late Show on the Planet Earth, the John Gabus Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. And guys, I'm joined right over here, as always, joining you guys in the live chat, the one and the only Mr. Ray Ora. Ray, how are you doing today, Oh, I'm first? <laughs> all right. All right. Always okay. in our hearts. Hey. Right? In there, right. desperately searching right now for he's desperately all morning. He's been over there desperately trying to find a 3D screening of Doctor Strange. Yep. He wants to watch this in 3D so bad. Sitting over here to my immediate left, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, I'm still basking in the a- basking in the afterglow of being in the multiverse. Yeah, you really enjoyed that last night, I didn't did. you? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. And we got a special guest in here. Actually, our first special guest in the new studio. You know him as the creator of the movie Trivia Schmodown. He's also got massive presence on YouTube as well. He's worked with me, you know, a couple of times. Christian Harloff is here, ladies hey, and gentlemen. Everybody. Christian, how you doing? Good. I had to take a shuttle to get here, but I but I but I, but I found my way. Found it's a my l- way. it's a little bit out of the way now that I'm not in Los Angeles. It was Angeles. a nice, peaceful drive, though. I'll tell you that it was good. But I did see a couple Ewoks on the way over. Yeah, it was a Tidarium shuttle. It was. It was. Anyway, guys, Lights here's speed. how today's show is going to go. We're going to break our show into two parts. On the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, how do you get a live comment or question on? Well, number one, you got to be watching live. Uh, Then once we get to the end of our main topics, we will announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. From that point, you're going to have about two minutes (laughs) to get one in because they fill up pretty fast. And just fire in a Super Chat and we will address those once we get into the second half of the show. But for now, guys, let's get into our main topic, shall we? And how do we pick our main topics here on the John Campus Show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with them. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, let's get into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by April V. And April V writes, Hello, John. With all the discussion going on about Moon Knight, there seems to be an assumption that Moon Knight is coming back, just not in a Moon Knight season two. My question is, why do we assume that? If the plan was to take Mark further than just season one, then why did Marvel just then why didn't Marvel just sign or let me try it again? Then why did Marvel just sign Oscar Isaacs to just one season of TV and not also a movie deal? I guess what I'm asking is why are we all so confident that Moon Knight is coming back at all? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in April. And yeah, we've been talking a lot on the show lately about obviously Moon Knight. Moon Knight just had its finale. I really like the show was not big on the finale, to be honest with you, but I like the show overall. But we then started to debate. Is it a one-shot? Is it going to be multiple seasons? Disney submitted it as a limited series at the Emmys, which would suggest that it's a one-and-done, according to their rules. But then in the final trailer they put out, they didn't say series finale. It said season finale, which got people guessing. Then yesterday, the producer came out and said, or no, it was Oscar Isaacs came out and said, yeah, no, there's no plans for a season two. So that seems to put it to rest. But why do we assume then that he's going to come back in some other way? Well, so far, Kevin Feige hasn't really had the 
let's just say, hasn't leaned towards just using a character once and not going back, particularly a character that they really focus on. So we've kind of assumed that. But apparently, they do have more plans because the producer of Moon Knight just kind of put it out saying that there is. This is what they said. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR who write the following. Speaking to Marvel.com, consulting producer Sarah Gorer all but confirmed that the first that the fist of Khonshu will make a triumphant return. In discussing the song used in the finale's opening moments, Earl grants the end. Gorer suggested that Mark and Steven's story is just beginning. It's a song that says at the end of the story, it's a story without an end. It feels truer to the show in a way. It's just the continuation, and I feel like this was the right ending. This is a story that we've only scratched the surface of, Goer said. No ending could possibly capture a story like this. The ending is really a to-be-continued. And that, again, comes us from the folks at CBR. All right, so we've all kind of assumed that Moon Knight was coming back. I mean, you don't bring in a Mark Spector like this. And then with the post credit scene they had with him, right, obviously opening up a new door, we kind of thought that. So, Rob, to me, this kind of establishes to me, certainty that they do have plans for Moon Knight moving forward. I still don't think it involves a season two, but it could. But I think we're going to see Oscar Isaac again as Moon Knight. How do you interpret this? Well, Oscar Isaac did get, I believe it's an executive producer credit yeah, I think on this did, show yeah. too. So I'm sure it was negotiated in his deal that it would behoove him to come back. You know, and, and I think for him, look, he's a movie star. And for him to just jump on over and, and it's an untried character in the MCU, it was a risk. You know, so I, I'm sure he, when he initially signed up, he said, okay, you know what, I'll do this. I'll try this out because he's a longtime comic book fan. He's a geek. He's a hot toy collector. You can see <laughs> in his background sometimes. So I'm sure he wanted to do it, but I, I think he wanted to see how it went. But he left mm. it open. Now, they didn't sign him up for a second season yet, but who's to say that they wouldn't? I mean, obviously, as a producer, he has a vested interest in the show. And moving forward in the MCU as the character, it would benefit Marvel to bring him back, you know, if it, whether you love the show or hated it, it's certainly been a, a hot topic of conversation. So it's something that it's a water cooler show. People don't quite know what to make of it. Some people love it. Some people don't. But it's got people talking. And he universally was I haven't heard one person say they weren't astonished by yeah. his performance. And you've been saying he could be up for an Emmy Award for this. I rightfully so. So I think that there's probably whenever somebody does this, look, they pre-negotiate these things. It's in his contract, his whatever his salary bump would be or however it would go into the larger, wider MCU. So we're going to see him come back. I don't quite know how, but why wouldn't they? I mean, it's it's only a six-episode miniseries, right? Well, I'm, I'm convinced he's going to get, like, if they do keep it in the best uh, limited series category, I'm, I'm, I, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a nomination for this. It'll be interesting to see if this will be the first character that's introduced in a series that later gets their own movie. Right. I think with him starring, they could do just that. Because we know we're going to see that with Ms. Marvel. Like, Ms. Marvel's going to debut in a series. Now, whether or not That's The true. Marvels is her own movie or not, but we're going to see that little <laughs> right. bit of a jump. Christian, first of all, I never even asked you what you thought about Moon Knight. But So let me ask you in general. Number one, what were your thoughts on Moon Knight in general? But also, do you think we're going to see Oscar Isaac back as Moon Knight, either in a season two or maybe more likely just in a movie at some point? How do you see it? Well, first of all, I loved Moon Knight. Um, I feel the same way you did. I thought the finale, for what they set up, I thought f the fifth episode was one of the best episodes of Marvel television that I had seen. I thought that that, that episode alone, should he should be nominated for. The, what he did, the emotional right. range, so the good. character, everything about it. I was on the edge of my seat watching it the entire time. 
And what I said was that it, to me, it was very, it was untraditional um, Marvel television. Mm. Yeah. And then it jumped into the finale, which was traditional Marvel. And it was also short, real short. Real short. And a lot of animals running around. Um, <laughs> so, so with that, um, it was a little, I mean, I didn't mind it, but it was underwhelming compared to the power of the fifth episode, but it doesn't take away from him. But I think you guys make really good points. The thing is though, what they have done very smart, very smart in this series out of everything, movies, shows inside of the MCU, this didn't connect to base to barely anything. Oh, they didn't. Yeah. So, which is great. And because, well, because of that, it allows them a lot of time because there's other movies and other shows that it's like, well, no, no, we set this thing up. We got to get it back because it's, it, it, it carries on the timeline and the, and the phase. Uh -huh. This doesn't. Because you can you can wait for four, five, six years. You don't want to wait that long, but you can. Because and it gives you time to negotiate. And for exactly that reason, don't tie it in. If we can get Oscar Isaac to commit to six episodes and we do it and we can bring this character out, we can get somebody like that, do it. I do think we'll get him back because money talks, BS walks. You know, and that's exactly what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. They're gonna offer him enough money, they're gonna have a, a role for him that works. And if he says, yeah, that works for me. Let's do another series. They set it up that you have to have another season because of the way that last season was. I mean, you could say, well, you know, you could just leave it up to your mind as far as what happens next. But I think that there's enough there that the fans did respond to it really well. The ratings were really good. Why not bring them back? Why not have that thing? But you don't have to rush it now because you look at something like uh, Black Widow. Black Widow, obviously, because of the pandemic, was ran into uh, issues as far as when it had to be released. But it, the, in the timing of when that movie came out, um, both for us to watch it and in the timeline of the MCU, it, it hurt because it, mm, Civil right, War was yeah. so gone at that point. You're like, but they needed to get it out because it, to tell the story of that time and introduce uh, Florence Pugh. And it was just, it was too late. Um, and so they were kind of, you have to, you have to release it at that point. You don't have to do that with Moon Knight. He will return and they can do it however they want. Guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think we'll see Moon Knight return? And if so, will it be in a Moon Knight season two? Will it be in movie format? Somebody else's movie as a supporting character, Midnight Suns, maybe a Moon Knight feature film. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two. And our second main topic today comes to us from Randall Holkin, who writes... Cobra Kai is easily one of my favorite shows on TV. The way they've been able to take an old franchise like this, give it a bit of a new twist, and then produce something still really engaging is incredible. Wondering if you saw that a new trailer for Season 5 just arrived with a September release date. My question is, what is it about this show that makes it work so well when a lot of other movies and shows revisit, fail, and are you excited for the new season? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, Randall, thanks a lot for sending that in. Man, you wrote into the right place because there's nobody who has a deeper love of Cobra Kai than me. That's a lie. I don't like this show. I'm the only person I know that does not like this show. In my house, I'm even in the minority because Anne, obsessed. Like when, when a new season of Cobra Kai drops, that's it. The, the TV is booked. I have to you know, make a reservation to see my wife because she's not doing anything else until she binges all of Cobra Kai. She absolutely loves it. I was very excited. You remember, you and I were doing a show together back when they first announced Cobra Kai. Yeah. And I was very excited about it. I think the concept of it is fantastic. And, you know, I watched the first three or four episodes and it just wasn't for me. And that's that's perfectly fine. So, no, if you're asking me, was I excited about a new trailer? 
No, I wasn't personally, but I know a hell of a lot of you are. And I think it is very fortuitous today that we got Christian in the house because Christian, they did a big event last night at the at the Nokia. Uh, at the Nokia. Microsoft yeah. theater, right? Yeah. Right down by Staples. Sorry, yeah. crypto. And that is a big venue. That's a big venue. venue yeah. And you were the host of you had the whole cast there talking to the cast, announcing the new season. First of all, uh, tell me a little bit about that event you sure. hosted last night, because we got a couple of pictures here, too. Yeah. And then what did you think about the new trailer? So, yeah, it was uh, I moderated last night, you see uh, the, the <laughs> cast and I was it was great, man. They had they had the mat set up and it was they had Eagle Fang and Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do. And I, I was able to bring out both um, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka and talk to them for like 10 minutes. And I got photobombed <laughs> by William Zabka last night, which was awesome, who was just a, a great dude, great cast. And we, we talked a lot about the show, the things that that I actually addressed the, the viewer who asked that question about what makes the show so special and with a lot of screaming fans. And there were costume contests and trivia contests, and then they showed the, the the trailer itself. But to answer the question, if I can, as far as why I believe this makes this show is so special, it's it's the creators and what the creators have done. Um, both John um, and Hayden and and uh, and Josh have have put so much love into this show, and the way that we feel about star wars and or you feel about uh you used to feel about star trek um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and i still do i know i know and uh and 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 all and all those things like i um that's how they feel about about karate kid they put so much passion and so much love into it and i think a lot of times people take an ip and go oh well people are going to watch that if we just do this and this and they throw it and they don't they don't really put all the love into it. These guys, they watch, they know these movies inside and out. They know the characters inside and out. They love it. They love it. And, they, and they've created this just world. And even last night, this cast, like I've been, I've done events where you leave, you, 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 we all have, where you left and you're like, well, that person was nice, but that person didn't seem like they really wanted to be there. And that person was kind of a jerk. Tony Lee Jones. <laughs> every single one of them, and they've been doing this now five seasons, looked like they were having the time of their lives and i and they were and it wasn't one of these things where like okay we got to go find somebody because they don't want to be in the room with everybody was talking it was like a family and if and, and that counts when you're shooting shows yeah yeah and i really enjoyed the trailer because i'm i went from a place where you have to understand where this show and what this show has done it is it has taken two generations you know the generation like us who's grown up with karate kid and then it takes um this new generation that has uh, the the younger generation who's following miguel and robbie and and sam and all these people and you get on board because of that and you able to mix both generations yeah but you've also turned it away from remember Abelson did the first one and it was based in kind of in in reality there's people flipping off trees and jumping off buildings. As you got to accept it after you get to season two, and and because I said, wait a minute, they they learn karate that fast, and <laughs> and you just ha you got to you got to go with the ride. And once you go with the ride, well, they did in the original Karate Kid as well, right? Like in the original Karate Kid, we had to just buy into. Uh, Daniel learns karate pretty fast, but a little different. A little I mean, I mean yes. these kids are ninjas. You know, they're, 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 there's 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 fights. There's fights in the locker room. There's in in the high school. The teachers just leave and let them like fight in like a major like warriors brawl. And I go, yeah, give me more. And it's like that's that's where I think it's like this fun. There's a and there's emotional moments. They've done it and they've Star Wars into it. They brought Rocky into it. There's all these there's wrestling, professional wrestling. It's a great way that they've done this show and i look forward to it every year in september now instead of december sign me up netflix needs this show right now too by the way <laughs> 
Uh, by the way, to get a little more information on this, this is what was written about it. This comes to us from the folks over at... We get this brought up. There we go. From Joe Blow, they wrote the following about it. Season five picks up immediately after the conclusion of last season, which saw John Kreese in jail and framed for assault. His friend, who quickly turned foe, Terry Silver, is taking advantage of Kreese's absence by overhauling and expanding the Cobra Kai karate. Meanwhile, Daniel LaRusso and chosen Toguchi uh, join forces to help. By the way, that was the best moment in the trailer. That was a great moment in the yeah. trailer with Chosen. Uh, join forces to bring down Terry once and for all. In the midst of all this, Johnny Lawrence and his son, Robbie uh, Keane, are off on a mission to look for Miguel, who went off on his own to look for his biological father in Mexico. So that's where things find us. Rob, I can't remember off the top of my head. Are you down with the Cobra Kai? Have you been watching Cobra Kai? I, I, I have been. I have not caught up. I've up through season three. I've not watched season four. But, you know, to to extrapolate on on the answer that you gave, you know, one of the things that struck me, because it, it just started out as a YouTube show. Yeah. You know, and I remember watching the first episode you you catch up with Johnny and you you meet him you see his life and you know he's 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 burnt out he hasn't he hasn't amounted to anything you know and he's still he's one of those guys that like oh my my greatest defeat happened in high school and he sees Ralph Macchio's got a car dealership and he's on billboards and what was really interesting to me about that is when you're following up a story within continuity canon if you will the guys who made the show because they love the show, they've extrapolated out what would the world be like 35 years later. You know, I'm watching, catching up with Johnny, I'm like, even though he was a complete schlep rock and kind of a, a sad sack, I loved it. I mean, I loved his portrayal. At the end of that first episode, you're with, I mean, he was a dick. Like, he was one of the great <laughs> villains of teen movies in the 80s. You hated that guy. But... By the end of that first episode, I was totally like sympathetic. I was on board and he was my hero. And and that's what sucked me into the show. I bought it. You know, they didn't they didn't try and like let's make it for the MTV generation or let's make it for millennials now. No, they actually extrapolated upon what would this guy be like in real time today now. And I was totally I found that really compelling, but like you pointed out, then they brought in these younger characters. And which was, if if you look at this, this is how Star Wars should have been done. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, you bring back the old characters. You could have you could have even done Last Jedi and started out with Luke being sad sack Luke. You could have bought into that and start that way. Yeah, and like, why did he become this way? What that would have been interesting. And then bring in the new characters, and they did what we want from all of our franchises. It's all about characters and story, and they're true to the characters. And I think I I, I am blown away by what they've done. And yeah. like you said, yeah. it gets a little un, you know unrealistic. You've got to go with it. But, but yeah, you've bought in. I've bought in. Now they've all become Jedi. It's fine. If only they could have made a decent show. I mean, oh, that would have been. But I, I will say this though. You know what? You know what? Anne was watching it one time, and I walked in, and there was something that I thought was extremely well done. And it was, I can't remember if it was season one, honestly, I don't care, but it was season one, season two, season three. But Johnny Lawrence is recalling the events of the original Karate yeah, Kid movie. When he's sitting down with Miguel on the on the stoop. But yeah, but telling it from his point of view yeah. and you realize, and I love this because he legitimately, like we often talk about uh, you are, every single one of us is the villain in somebody's story. And I love the fact that he sits down, like from his perception, 
Daniel was the dick. He was the victim of Daniel LaRusso's bullying and harassment when they were in high school. And to me, that was actually really smart and really yeah. clever the and, way they did that. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of that first season on YouTube. They didn't have a lot of money to make the show. It, yeah, it's funny. They had they had the most money that YouTube was willing to give. Yes, but it still wasn't yeah, a lot. Right. Yeah, uh, it's true. But, you know, and you bring, bring up the point as far as whether it's Star Wars or anything. And I've made this point on my show a bunch of different times is that it's the beauty of television and streaming now is because the difference is if you tried to do that in a two-hour movie with Cobra Kai, they wouldn't do it. Right. They wouldn't do it that way because they'd be worried about the box office and what you need to show and the big tournament fights and all and how that. How much you have to spend to market right. it. And, all and you things. have more yeah. time to develop the characters to get Johnny Lawrence and develop him the way that Star Wars television does. And the reason why we love Mandalorian, the reason why Obi-Wan, we're going to get Obi-Wan and be able to, uh, to learn more about what he's doing in six episodes as opposed to, well, wait, we have a two-hour movie and we have a little bit of time for Tatooine. Now, That's let's true. do big battles now, big battle, big battle, because we got to get the money and, and, and people got to feel like they're spending their money and it's got to be well worth it. And that's what happens to movies. When you have more time to spend on the character, that's why I think the Cobra Kai show um, was able to do what they're doing. And I said it last night. I said, when I heard that, the, and, and I like the guys very much for, for Harold and Kumar and the American Wedding and everything that they did. And I was like, I like those guys, but these are the guys that are going to do Cobra Kai a television show? Oh, no. And then I was wrong because they because of the passion and the love. And they had a plan. When you have a right, plan, that's something exactly works. Right. Guys, the question is for you. What did you think about the new trailer for Cobra Kai Season 5? Are you somebody who's really in with the show? Have you been following up to this point? Does this excite you? What do you think about the fact that it's going to come out in September instead of December? Whatever your guys' thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. If you like Cobra Kai, you know you like combat, and you got to combat the hair on your balls, guys. That's why we are so fortunate to have sponsors of the show, the great folks over at Manscaped. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now, guys, you know I love Manscaped. You've heard me go on and on about the Lawnmower 4.0 and mm, that body wash. I love it so much. And so we got to ask, guys, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing, gentlemen. And you guys know Manscaped is more than just one product. They have a whole lineup of products to help you guys feeling, smelling, and looking your best. And so Manscaped is proud to present to you the Performance Package 4.0, which is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking, smelling, and feeling good this spring. Now, to start off with, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, we have talked about this. What is wrong with us? Why have we for so long been using these terrible tools that were never meant for cutting our hair down there? The razor clipper things on our electric razors. That's barbaric, guys. You need the Lawnmower 4.0. And then there's the Weed Whacker. You guys have heard our own Ray Aura talk about this thing. He loves using it to get that hair in your nose and the ear hair and then they offer lots of other stuff like the crop preserver it's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer the crop reviver it's a spray on toner for your balls and of course they've got the perfect grooming tool for your face with the plow 2.0 the perfect razor for the finest shave on that face so guys get 20% off plus free shipping with the code campia that's c-a-m-p-e-a at manscaped.com that's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code campia at manscaped.com it's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life and a special thank you to our friends at manscaped for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show remember guys if you want to support our sponsors because when you support our sponsors you're supporting us you'll find links and their codes right down in the description of this video go and check that out there all right guys with that down 
Let's move on to main topic number three. And our third main topic, I almost said, Chris, what is our third? Chris, not here today. And our third main topic today comes to us from Darren uh, Shustra, who writes, Good morning, John and crew, and a special hello to Christian if he is in studio today. Thank you. Uh, he is, as a matter of fact. Yes. I just read an interview with Chris Pratt where he calls Jurassic World Dominion the finale of the Jurassic Park franchise. I always thought this was just the conclusion of the Jurassic World part of the series, but uh, that the franchise could continue. Do you think this really is the end of the giant dinosaurs? All right, Darren, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, look, I am getting actually a lot more excited for this movie than I ever thought I would be. And I've been surprised every time a new piece of marketing comes out for this when I realize just how kind of pumped and excited I am for, for this franchise. I think the trailers have been really good. The CinemaCon presentation of Jurassic World Dominion was not so good. No, Why is that? they just showed a trailer. No, and no, and a trailer, a minute and a half trailer. Like we sat through a two and a half hour Universal presentation, and then finally, first of all, Bryce Dallas Howard came out. We love Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, Jeff else? Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum came out, and they did their little shtick for a bit, and that was fine. And then they showed literally about a 65-second clip, that 60 seconds of it we had seen already. Got it. It's like, really? They showed us a half hour of Lightyear. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. But I still am very, very excited for this movie. But you do have to ask yourself the question, even just after Jurassic Park 2 or 3, how much longer can this franchise go? I mean, there are dinosaurs. Oh, no, the dinosaurs are loose. How many times can you go back to that well? I mean, so here we are. We've got the next one. They're bringing the old cast and the new cast together, which I'm very excited about. I think they're going to have great chemistry together. And yeah, so Chris Pratt kind of mentions that maybe this is the end. This is what Chris Pratt had to say. This comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who wrote the following. And Chris Pratt says, you know, you go to like fireworks display, like the 4th of July or New Year's, and there's always the finale. You're like waiting for it. And then boom, you're like, oh, this is it. This is the finale. I feel like the whole movie is that it's like 30 years in the making. It's uh, it, this is the sixth Jurassic film, and it's the end of this franchise. I really do think it's the end. You've got the legacy cast back, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, plus the cast of Jurassic World all converged. Our storylines are converging in a way that is very much a finale. And that is Chris Pratt's comments there. Now, it should be noted that the director of the Jurassic World, who directed Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow, right. First, Trevorrow, one and three. One and three. Trevorrow has said similar sounding things to Pratt in the last couple of months, talking about it as the the big crescendo, the finale, and all that kind of stuff. But is this truly the end of the Jurassic World franchise? Like Chris Pratt, if you want to get nitpicky about the semantics, Pratt does kind of say in one of the sentences, it feels like the finale. But then in another sentence, he says, this is the finale. I'll tell you what, you know, our, our, we got our friend Scott here in uh, in studio with us here today. And Scott was asking me right before the show started, he goes, wait a minute, is, is Pratt being serious or is he just being a dick? And I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of think he's being serious. I actually do believe this is the end of the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park franchise. Because again, I'm like, how many more times can you go, oops, the, who let the dogs out? Oops. I mean, it, it, how many more times can you go back to that? Well, now a great counter argument to that is what other franchises does Universal have? Really? The Fast and the Furious has directors leaving and stars leaving. And I, I don't know how much further they can go there. Um, and they've got Jurassic Park. I'm going to go on this. I, if I had to put five bucks on it, guys, 
Not 50, not 100. But if I had to put five bucks on this, I'm saying, yeah, I think Jurassic World Dominion is going to be the last one. Christian, what do you think? But what's our time period? Because if you would have said in 2001 that this is the end, uh, William H. Macy, he said it's over. You'd be like, okay. <laughs> and then 14 years later, we get another one. Yeah. So, and another reason why you can't say it's the end, the first two, even that crap piece that came out in that last one, that Fallen Kingdom, that made a one point like six billion dollars. A lot of money. If this movie makes one point anything billion dollars, yeah, it might be the last for Chris Pratt. It might be the last <laughs> for, for Trevorrow, but it ain't gonna be the last for Universal. No chance. No chance. Like if if it is like again, maybe it is the finale of Sam Neill and all that. As far as where it can go, I felt like and and it could have went the Planet of the Apes route in the last movie and it seems like i thought that's where they were going in this one but there still seems like they're doing the same thing that they always do they're like you said they're running after the dinosaurs oh there's one in a the movie theater they got and, loose. It, uh... and it's two hours and 40 minutes or whatever it is good lord but uh but either way the reason i want to see this is for legacy cast they're playing off the nostalgia and they're putting nostalgia together with the cast that we've already got established with from 2015 or whenever the second one came out and now you you have them together, but you could go in a place where it's just land of the lost. You know that that's where they could go mm -hmm. and wait five or ten years. Wait, yep. I, so I, just, I will take so you up. and the franchise, and then maybe five, six, seven, eight years kind of relaunch. Yeah, it again, I'll take you up on that bet if there's no time limit. If there's no yeah, yeah. see, I mean, with no time limit, even I have to. But are we missing an obvious thing here? What we said, the universe has got two franchises, right? Yeah, they got Jurassic, they got minions. Fossil. I'm telling you right now, Vin Diesel is riding a T-Rex within three years. <laughs> Vin Diesel is riding a T-Rex and out of shape, forgetting his lines, Vin Diesel shows up riding a T-Rex, calls him family, rides in. In space. In space. <laughs> Dinos in space. It's totally going to happen. I love Vin Diesel. Everybody knows it. Okay, Rob, I don't know. You're hearing about this. Is this like... Christian raises a really, really good point about, okay, yeah, maybe this is the end of Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Colin Trevorrow, all that kind of stuff. But give it another five or six years when we came across one of the, what we thought was finished off eggs and the egg hatches and all the, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I think look, Chris, Christian makes a good point. I mean, what is the story? And, and I think that there's only so many times you can watch people being threatened by dinosaurs. However, you know, this this series has been leading up to a world where humans and dinosaurs have to coexist. This series had been, so many people had written drafts of new Jurassic Park movies. There was one where the military had been um, uh, genetically engineering dinosaurs to work on the battlefield. They've touched on some elements in these, in these new Jurassic World movies. But I like this idea, doing a dystopian Planet of the Apes the the world of human beings is devastated. It's fallen because our experimentation has thrown the world into total ecological collapse for human beings. And you've you've got dudes riding dinosaurs, warring with other dudes. I mean, yeah. no, but in a, I mean, I'm in a serious post-apocalyptic water world. Take your pick, Planet of the Apes yeah. way. Mel Gibson with a can of gas over I mean, his shoulder. I, I think though that that would be the, the real question is how do you make that viable. Mm. Who are you, who going to start it and how are you going to make it viable? But look, man, if it's going to make a billion bucks, just like you said, the first thing they're going to do is put it into active development because they already have a number of scripts that they've developed. And I think, you know, the it, why not set the new movies 100 years in the future? That could be really interesting after the fall of man. Am I imagining things here? Christian, I think back in the day when we were doing our show, tell me if I'm wrong about this. 
I thought I remember there being something of a script leak where Universal was kind of thinking about going. They had a script where like the military had weaponized the dinosaurs. They had mounted like weapons on dinosaurs yep. yeah. and that stuff like that. Yeah. That was real. That was real. Yeah, it was real. I thought they even mentioned something like that in the in the second movie. I can't remember, but they did. Well, Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio shows up at one something point. Something like that. Yeah, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so they, they plan it, but that's what I mean. Is that so? If I'm Universal, I'm like, shut up, Star Lord, because like at, at, <laughs> at this point, it's like you don't know what we're gonna do. Like we own the property. Yeah, sure, Chavaro, go t take a walk. Thank you. Or for is everything. this a marketing thing? Is this exactly what they're telling to say? Saying, oh, everybody, this is the big Maybe. finale. Everybody May buy your tickets. Very much so, because I do believe and I agree with him, and that he. Th this is the end of the story that we've been following since 93. Right. Um, unless the only way, the only way this is the end, if there's like a massive nuke and all the dinosaurs are dead. Because if there's one dinosaur left that pops up at the end, that, that's not, it's like, oh, well, they can, that's, that's it. Plus, you know, they run into the same problem we reported earlier this week about the Fast and the Furious franchise. Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, their quotes go up right. with yeah. each film. And, and it becomes the point where their, their salaries are so... They're so expensive that they price themselves out of a viable movie. Like the movies are only going to make so much money, even if it makes $2 billion, but you can't pay your cast 200 million each to be in these movies. You well, know, still, Vin Diesel would disagree. Well, yeah. He also starts to get points and stuff on movies. Yes, they absolutely. Do. These are very expensive propositions and these are very effects intensive. They're not cheap movies no, to make, but they make a lot of money. They do make a lot of money. Question yeah. is for you guys. What do you think about these words coming from Chris Pratt? We've heard some others from Trevorrow as well, kind of alluding to the fact that this might be the end of the Jurassic Park franchise, period, and stop. Do you think maybe it is for this part, and like in maybe six or seven years, they do relaunch it again? Do you think, no, this is it's done? How many times can the dinosaurs get loose? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into main topic number four. And our fourth main topic today gets submitted to us by Benny. And Benny writes, Went to see Doctor Strange last night, and I quite enjoyed it. But I was surprised then the Avatar trailer played in front of it. Then I remembered you guys said that they would play it with Strange. Anyway, I thought it was really beautiful. I'm not exactly a big Avatar fan, and I think the time for a sequel was probably eight years ago. But I thought it worked. How did the audience react to your viewing of the trailer? Because there seemed to be a lot of excitement in mine. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Benny. And yes, I was actually quite surprised myself because when we went to go see Doctor Strange yesterday, we did not see a 3D version of it because, you know, I, I don't like 3D. So we didn't see a 3D version of it. And I thought that they were going to be playing the Avatar trailer only in front of 3D screenings. At I least, thought so, too. I thought that was the implied message at CinemaCon, in right? In HFR and, uh, and 3D. And 3D. Right. Which is what, I mean, I can't stress enough how spectacular I thought it looked in high frame rate 3D. When they showed it to us at CinemaCon. Because the first Avatar, look, it's in fan circles now. I was having a conversation this morning. No one, everyone complains about Avatar. Oh, it's Fern Gully. It. You know, it's Dances with Wolves. Yeah. And people forget it was an astonishing experience in the theater to see that it designed by James Cameron and his team, a whole ecosystem that they had designed from scratch. The visuals were incredible. I took my, my pragmatic mother that doesn't have an imaginative bone in her body. <laughs> she had never seen a 3d IMAX movie. And my mom's eyes were as big as saucers and she was 70 years old. It's great. Cause now she's 83 and I'm going to take her to see this, but she turns and looks at me and she was just with wonder in her eyes that I had never seen in my whole life. And she was like, how did they do that? 
And that's what people forget about. How did they get those apes to ride those horses? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I, I really think that (laughs) fandom right now is sleeping on this movie. But Rob, it doesn't have a pop culture footprint. I'm just telling you, people wanted to go live and remember people wanted to live in Pandora. They were having like, I think, and and James Cameron is doing the R&D for the entire film business. I think we're going to see something special. I think people are, well, anyway, what do you think? Uh, here, here, same page. Uh, I, I'm a massive fan of the first movie, and I think every every movie we see, whether it's Star Wars, borrows from other things, whether it's Star Wars or or, or anything. And James Cameron did that, and you guys t- actually touched on it. I've been saying it for a while too. You don't doubt Cameron. He's he's not. He, you can you can say he says stupid things sometimes. You can say yep. that he's arrogant. You can say all this. But the man delivers the Titanic movie, that boat movie, man, that's going to sink. And then and and then it doesn't. It becomes the biggest movie ever. Who would have thought that movie did what it did? Avatar. Look, when we talk about Jurassic World, that's an easier bet to make to say, oh, yeah, it's going to get close to a billion dollars because it's a proven franchise. Avatar. What the hell was Avatar when it came out? What's yeah. this movie? And it makes a billion. It was. A, it's still, I think, now with the re-releases, it's it's. The it is the number one box office film, and it's getting re-released again. And it's getting re-released again because he is a brilliant businessman. He's a brilliant director. He knows how to shoot stuff. You're going to see stuff that when you, you forget. You brought it up just now. When you that was an event when you're sitting down, and even though you might not like 3D, you can't deny that that movie. To me, that and Dread are the two best 3D movies I've ever seen. 100%. It, it was the best 3D movie. Absolutely, it was. Because best 3D it was ever built saw. for it. It wasn't built off the idea of like, oh, 3D's hot right now. 3D's hot right now, so let's make a 3D movie. It's like, no, this was made for 3D. You're supposed to watch it in 3D, and that is what this is going to be. I can't wait. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I was supposed to go see it last week, and I was like, no, nah, I want to see it again, and I want to see it in a bigger theater. I do want to see it in 3D. I'm excited. And I forget which DC movie it was supposed to release with. Was it The Flash, I think, at one point? It was Aquaman. Was it Aquaman? Yeah. It was Aquaman. Okay, so... Um, On the same was, date, actually. That makes, that makes sense, actually, but it was, in a but, lot of ways. But now, it's got nothing. It's got nothing against it. So it's going to be... It's it's going to do very well, especially in December. This, it, it, this movie's going to deliver. And the excitement that the viewer was feeling, I think a lot of people are going to feel that once it gets closer. Time period. Most people, most people I would say, yeah, it's, that's, that's tough. Cameron... I, I, I think it's going to do very well. I got you know, a question, though. That, In this trailer, who's the villain, though? It looks like problem-free. It looks like a vacation nah, time. No well, I mean, yeah. no, no, because remember, it, it looks... You know what? Th- that, it's good that you brought that up right now because there is a bit of a description of the video. He, check this out. This is the description of of the uh, of the trailer. This comes from the guys over at Movie Web. I read the following. The teaser was a brief at almost a minute. You don't get any specific plot details, but there is a lot that can be inferred. A significant amount of time has passed since the humans were kicked off Pandora. Jake and Natiri have a family. The RDA Corporation has returned in force. They have new avatars who look trained for combat. Killing Jake would be RDA's top priority. Mm. So it did kind of, we know that Stephen Lang is in this. Love the slang. So he's going to be in there. It did look like they had their own avatars like they did before who are there hunting the other ones. I mean, so it, it, they didn't give us a lot. I'll tell you this. I Again, I was surprised when they played the trailer in front of the non-3D screening. Um, and I actually heard from some people that were in a non-3D screening of Doctor Strange and they got the 3D version of the trailer, so it was all blurry to them. <laughs> but I, I will say this. I don't think it's a particularly great trailer. What no. it is... It's really because you got to remember this movie is still forever away. This is a movie is a long way off. This was really just an announcement. This trailer is just telling the world we're coming back to Pandora. It's real this time. We're yeah. actually coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, no, really, not like the not right. the theme park attraction. Right. Right. It's not like the eighteen times we've told you over the past decade. It's actually happening now. 
and it is beautiful and it's and it's all that kind of stuff. The, our viewer mentioned that the the audience he was with last night got really excited when the trailer played. I will tell you at CinemaCon when they played that trailer, everybody was buzzing. Yesterday, though, when we went to go see Doctor Strange and they played the trailer, nothing. Crickets. To be fair, I didn't hear any reaction for any trailer, to be honest with you. Even the Top Gun extended. Yeah, even long. that, there was like really no reaction. The only reaction we got in our theater, for some fucking reason... Mm is when they played the damn Nicole Kidman thing and Ray Ora decides he's got to start everything because yeah. they played the Nicole and Ray Ora's like, yeah. So a whole bunch so of people I, in the theater too had to go along with it. What's him. Nicole Kidman thing? Oh, you haven't been in an oh, theater yeah, for a while. No. You don't know this? Oh my God. So, okay, long story short. She does like an intro or something? The AMC Theaters has this big new commercial of, of Nicole Kidman walking and giving this big poetic speech about even heartbreak feels good in a place like oh, this. Okay. We go to movies to imagine heroes. And so you see her walking into a theater and all this kind of stuff. And and again, it's like they're showing you a commercial for a place you're already sitting. Right. Which makes no sense. And they play before every feature after they've already played 25 minutes of trailers. Then they, have, then they play their commercial of make sure you join AMC A-List. And then they play like a soda commercial. And then another commercial. Anyway, I, I can go off on this. They really spent twenty six million for that that ad campaign. Just on her. Yeah, yeah, just that ad campaign. <laughs> so they they're using it. They're, yeah. they they're, need to they're, use it. they're putting a lot of there. Anyway, what even got me on that? Oh yes, no reaction to the Avatar trailer. But to be fair, none of the trailers got any reactions. I'd be very curious to hear from some of you guys. Uh, about when you went to go see Doctor Strange, and apparently a lot of you did, um, was there reactions in the theaters from when you were? I mean, how long ago was the first Avatar? 2009. So we're talking 13 years ago? Yeah. I, I mean, it's... I also think, you know, I think what's really interesting too about this, I think in fan circles, this movie is romantic. It's about ecology. It looks like it's it looks like it's a '70s prog rock album cover, and I think that there's there's a lot there's a lot of people that that it in a way they they're turned off by the feel of it, mm. you know, and and it's not it feels they, preachy. It, well, they, they also and it's 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 I don't know if it's it's it seems like it's something as a as a dude who likes aliens and the space marines and I shouldn't love Avatar, but. You know, now that we all have avatars, you know, in in whatever social media space that we want, and Egyptian and gods too. The Egyptian gods have avatars. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> and I think that now, if people actually go back and watch this movie, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, and it's actually a really great science fiction movie. And if you watch the extended version, and you meet Jake Jake Sully on Earth, <laughs> and you see him get in a bar fight, and he gets thrown out of this bar, and they throw his wheelchair after him. Um, I think it's a great. I think this is a great science fiction I, film. Do we know who's scoring this movie? Because James Horner obviously. Has left I don't it. know. If yeah, no, I, I don't talk. But you brought up the wheelchair. Did you hear Sam Worthington's quote the other day? No. He said, "He said when I shot the first Avatar, I was thirty. He goes, I'm now pushing fifty. By the time we get to Avatar three and four, I'm actually going to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was, that was pretty funny. funny. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the Avatar The Way of Water trailer? If so, what did you think about it? Are you excited for the film? Do you think it's going to do great? Are you one of these delusional people who doesn't think a James Cameron film is going to do well at the box office? Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. 
With that down, let's move on to our fifth and final main topic today, shall we? And our fifth main topic today gets submitted to us by Mark, who writes, Hey, John, Rob, Chris, and Ray. Well, Chris is not with us today, but Chris Jun is. I just got out of seeing Doctor Strange, and I had a really good time. I managed to avoid most of the major spoilers going in and had a blast. I wanted to know what you guys thought about it overall, and did it live up to the hype for you? Thanks. Well, guys, yesterday, it was gay day. We went in there. We did the tailgating. We had the barbecue up. Everything was good. We finally went to go see Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. To say that the hype was pretty extreme is a bit of an understatement, especially once. You know what? The funny thing was there really wasn't a lot of hype until that trailer dropped with Patrick Stewart in it. Once that happened, all of a sudden, everybody started losing their minds. The hype started building up. All these theories started going on, all this stuff. But we got down to it. We brushed aside all the BS. We just got in and we watched the movie. So for me, did the movie live up to the hype? Mostly. For me, it mostly lived up to the hype. Now, we're going to do an open spoiler discussion about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on Sunday. Make sure you join us for that. So we're going to keep all of our thoughts to non-spoilery thoughts here. I will just say this, and I kind of mentioned this in our right out of the theater reaction. I thought the movie was very good. I enjoyed it. I thought the... At first act, which we had already seen a lot of it at CinemaCon, but I thought the first act and I thought the third act were exceptional. I, I really love the first act. I love the third act. The second act for me was, I don't know. I felt like it just start, started to get bogged down. It started to get into things that I didn't think were really pertinent to the overall story of what we were doing or focusing on what needed to be focused on. And it lost me for a little bit in the second act. But when it got into the third act, I got right on board. Now, the MCU now has how many movies? 26, 27? This is is 28, Thor's 29, and Wakanda Forever's 30. Okay, so I came out of theater and I said, okay, so Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness is not necessarily top 10 MCU for me. And I had some people write to me, holy crap, it didn't even make top 10? Guys, this is the MCU. (laughs) I mean, you got to be pretty damn good to get into the top 10 of the MCU. I put this on the same level of, I really enjoy the first Ant-Man. I I will put it, I will compare it to like some like the first Ant-Man kind of projects like that. I didn't quite enjoy it as much as the original Doctor Strange. But I will say this. I think there is a possibility, however unlikely, that Elizabeth Olsen gets a Best Supporting Actress nomination for oh, this. Oh, man. I thought she was great. She was great, but I don't know, that's, 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 a, that's a tough one. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's, it's kind of trendy right now for the Oscars to hand out a couple of comic book movie nominations. <laughs> and if there's, ever, if there's going to be one for acting, I can't see a performance being better than hers in, in comic book movies this year. Um, and so that might be one, because honestly, whatever you think about the movie, I thought Elizabeth Olsen was incredible in this. Uh, I really liked her a lot. I mean, not taking away from good Canadian kid, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Benedict Wong. I mean, I loved all of them. I thought they all did a really great job. This is definitively a Sam Raimi movie. I mean, this is Sam Raimi's yeah. DNA all over it. Um, so I, I really dug it on that much. So for me, an enjoyable film. I liked it, had a good time. Uh, did it live up to the hyper hype not quite but still uh still a good film an enjoyable film i put on the same rank to say something like an ant-man rob you saw it with me what are your overall thoughts well i have to say that that for me this was a minor mcu movie for all the stuff that happens and the ramifications of the multiverse what i liked about it 
was it was kind of it was kind of a contained story. I didn't feel like the rest of the even though you're talking about the multiverse and the universes could all be destroyed or whatever. I like this movie because it felt like one friend trying to help another friend who is in need. Right. You know, and with all the shenanigans that happened at its core, it was really what it meant. I mean, obviously we know that Doctor Strange was trying to help Wanda, who had been who was racked with grief, grief corrupted by the dark hole as we see at the end of WandaVision. You know, she's sitting there doing we don't know what. Now we find out. And I kind of really like this movie because it was a Sam Raimi movie through and through. I felt like I was watching a a horror fantasy that I might have seen like an early 80s Chinese movie, like battling wizards, you know, on a mountaintop, literally. It had elements of that or like a 60s hammer horror movie. I mean, uh, outside, if I wasn't thinking about the MCU and I was just watching this movie, I would have been like, this is awesome. Like, if this movie had come out in, like, 1984, people would have loved this movie. Sam Raimi's, like, from the director of Evil right. Dead, you know, and the XYZ murders comes Doctor Strange. And it would, and, and from that perspective, I loved it. I thoroughly loved it. Now, as a wider MCU movie, I got to say, it left me a little disappointed. Because with all the stuff, like, with all the things that they allude to, it wasn't really a big part of the movie. Like, if this movie took out everything and only had Wanda, America Chavez, Doctor Strange, and Wong in it, just about them, no one else, I, I would still have loved it. With all the extra Sturm and Drang in this movie, whatever. But I loved it as a Sam Raimi, Doctor Strange horror fantasy. By the way, I got to echo something that Ray was saying to me once because I, I, I didn't know that I was going to dig the America Chavez character, to be honest with you, but... You know, I, I got to tell you, I thought she was a standout. I, I And Ray, I know you really liked her, yeah, too. Yeah, well, from what we saw at CinemaCon, I was like, oh, this character actually is, or like, I actually care about this character or see what she's about. Uh, so I don't know. I, I thought she was charming and she was engaged. Yeah. She went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the character. I thought and I, like I really enjoyed it. She was like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> no. Christian, you had a chance to see this movie. What did you think of Doctor Strange and did it live up to the hype? Well, it didn't live up to the hype for me. But uh, but I, it's funny because I echo a lot of the sentiments of what Rob just said, except I think that's a little bit more why I was a little bit more disappointed with it. Like it's mm -hmm. my, my initial score has gone down since originally. I think I gave it like a 3.5 when I saw it. I'm probably at like a 3.1, 3.2 right now. Um, a lot of the stuff did deliver on... Uh, <laughs> on the Sam Raimi element. If you're a Sam Raimi fan, I think oh. you're gonna love this movie. I think there's so much, Sam, I think this is peak Sam Raimi. I think this is some of the best Sam Raimi stuff that he's done in a very long time. Yeah. And I think the stuff with the horror and the stuff that with the, um, with some of the really cool shots and like this peak Raimi stuff and stuff I don't, that, that's in there that I don't wanna spoil. That's, you're like, oh, well that's a- There that's, is some stuff that is truly horrific. Yes, and like major Raimi, and major Raimi-isms with humor and stuff. So if you're a Raimi head, you're gonna love this movie. I respect sam raimi a lot of the stuff i feel doesn't work in for me in today's the way things are not just with comic movies just the way that i watch movies and the way i like movies and i think that his style sometimes overpowered this movie and there are emotional moments inside of this movie that i wanted to really be emotionally hooked to mm -hmm. and i was not because 
it's there's a lot of rushing that happens in this movie you're thrown into things there's stuff that came out uh that people have seen the trailer with the big eyeball monster that goes on way too long um and there's things like that that many people will love and i just thought there were times that things that weren't earned there's stuff that happens in this movie i'm like okay now that that has been presented that particular character is taking the ball and running with it. The performances are great, whether it was America Chavez um, or, or Wanda or, or anybody. They run with it, but it's just a matter of how they got there that I think that the style sometimes, um, or excuse me, the substance was sacrificed because of the style. But I, I think it is an absolute theater experience. It is a theater experience where you're watching this and there are there are times that you're just in awe of what you're watching. Yeah, so that there are. I enjoyed watching the film. I just I'm a multiverse junkie, not Marvel, um, it, the DC multiverse thing. I just the idea of the multiverse in general in in science I'm fascinated with. So there are things that they set up in the multiverse, and I'm like, oh my god, that's things I've always thought about. How are they gonna? And and it just falls flat sometimes. I, yeah, I, I say what my biggest disappointment of the film was. And everybody knows Bruce Campbell does a cameo in this film. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. That was my biggest disappointment. It in the wasn't film. great. It was not. That was good. what I was trying. To, I was not gonna. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that. But that yeah, we was, won't go into details of what happens. I'm just saying I I didn't enjoy but, the. Cameo. But that was the Raimi part of it. It was just like, hey, we work together. You know, this is my buddy, and I think Raimi people. But he's are, done that very well with Bruce had, before. But I just think that not here. You're not. Are you a super Raimi head? No, not See, a but super that's the Raimi thing. Head. I think the Raimi people are gonna go nuts during that. Uh, yeah, I, it was very. You know. Being uh, possessed by the the, Dead, ne the necronomicon yeah, uh, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, you know, oh yeah, the, it was. But I, you know, I, I think like what you were saying. The thing that I wish that they surprisingly, they didn't lean into the multiverse of madness enough. Right. You know, and they set up one situation that for us comic book fans was really great. But that was, I would like to have seen a lot more of that. Yeah. Like I would, uh, more multiversal, what What are the ramifications of this? That you know, goes to your hype though, that you guys talk about. That's, that's the hype and that's the expectations that yeah. I think the, the, the problem is a lot of times when movies come out, you put your own expectations and it can be a detriment to you because you start to think inside of your head what you think is going to happen. But when trailers come out, and they start because it seemed to pitch whether you just mentioned with Patrick Stewart or whoever it is. It seems like that's what they were pitching. And Kevin Feige actually did an interview right before. And I saw him do this interview where he he seems like he was upset with how much was shown in trailer. Oh, we spoke about this on the show yesterday. And yeah, yeah. He was upset. He's yeah. upset with it because I think that not only for the fact that they showed too much, but the fact that it starts to put, oh, well, this is what it's going to be. Because yeah. everyone I'm talking to is like, well, that's not really a, like the multiverse is a thing, but it's not the thing. And it's called the multiverse of madness. Like your title should change, which yeah. is which is fine. I mean, listen to, to me. The best multiverse film of the year is still Everything Everywhere All at Once. I, I mean, need to see that movie. It's still my that, favorite film of the year I so far. I feel like that's where I'm going to see that Nicole Kidman. Oh, at I, I because, think you probably <laughs> will because that's when I'm going. All right, guys. The question is for you. Did you have a chance to go and see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? If so, what did you think of it? Did it live up to the hype for you? I'm hearing from a lot of people that absolutely loved it. I'm hearing from people who were disappointed with it. What did you guys feel? It's got a really good audience score right now. Still a pretty solid uh, critic score. But what were your feelings of it overall? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, we are now going to go over and we are going to open up Super Chats in three, two, one. Super Chats are now open. And before we get to those Super Chats, let's go over and hear from another sponsor of today's episode, the great folks over at Policy Genius. Hey, guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, 
policy genius. Now, when it comes to the topic of life insurance, I get it. A lot of people ask, well, why even get life insurance? Well, listen, if someone relies on you financially, whether it's a child, a parent, or a business partner, life insurance gives you peace of mind that they have a financial cushion if something were to happen to you. Policy Genius is here to help you, and they're going to make sure you pay as little for it as possible. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Policy Genius can help you make sure you're not paying a cent more than you have to for the coverage you need. So here's how it works. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find the insurance that you need at the right price. Just click in the link down in the description or head on over to policygenius.com campia to get started. In minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies companies to find your lowest price. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. And the process is easy because the licensed agents at Policy Genius are on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options and make decisions with confidence. Because ultimately, the Policy Genius team works for you, not for the insurance companies. And you can feel confident with Policy Genius because they don't add on extra fees, they don't sell your information to third parties, and they have thousands of five-star reviews all across Google and Trustpilot. So again, guys, head on over to policygenius.com campia or click on their link down in the description below to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And thank you again to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. And a big thank you to the folks over at Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. Once again, guys, when you support our sponsors, you're supporting us. So make sure you check out those links and promo codes down in the description of this video. Okay, guys, with that all down, let's now move over and start hearing from you guys and your super chats that you guys have been sending in. Uh, we're going to start things off here with. Uh, oh, okay, sorry, guys. I've got a. You got about fifteen more seconds. I've got to shut the super chats down. We've already filled up. So I'll give you about five, four, three, two, one. Tur shutting down super chats. Okay, there we go. All right, we're going to start things off here by hearing to us, uh, hearing from one of our director level channel members here on the show, Philly G. Right. Not a lot of noise for the Avatar trailer at my screening and someone behind me asked their buddy, uh, why wasn't anybody clapping for it? Okay, we didn't have anybody <laughs> any noise either. It is cool to see you three guys together again. Well, thank you so much for that, Philly G. And yeah, we had the same kind of reaction uh, at ours as well. All right, let's take a look here through what we've got. Uh, we've got Michael Hamilton sends in a super chat badge before we got started. And then, I mean, I'm just going to call him. I'm just going to say it. Brian, our sugar daddy. Uh, Brian Whitney uh, sends in like three different $50 super chats, uh, super chat badges just to be supportive. I'm sorry, five like super chat badges just to be supportive. Thank you so much again for that, Brian. Wait a minute, six, seven. I think he, I think he, you, you should give him your hoodie now. I think maybe I should <laughs> give, him give him something. <laughs> my computer. I don't know at this point. Oh, like, scroll back down just a little bit, Jonathan, because there were a couple other people there who sent in things as well. Uh, Wanda Blackwell sent one in. I think go down a little bit lower, Jonathan. Uh, uh, Bang Bang Kill sent in a $10 one just to be supportive. Michael Cross, Michael Hamilton. Thank you guys so much. And, and Brian, again, dude, thank you so much for supporting the content that you enjoy watching. I don't know what to say at this point. Thank you so much for that, dude. We're going to start naming the Super Chat segment the... Uh, uh, Brian Whitney Memorial, although he's still alive. Memorial. The, the Brian Whitney uh, episode. Oh, wow. oh, 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 oh,
<laughs> Brian, we love you. That's right. Thank you so much, Brian. All right, let's get over to the super chats that people have been sending in. And we're going to get things started off here uh, with, what's our first one here? Andy writes in, great seeing you again, Christian. Uh, can you wish all of us a happy weekend using your, using your Arnold Schwarzenegger impression? Really, I'm sorry. I don't really do it anymore. <laughs> I, have to be, I have to be honest with you. What are you going to do? You're going to come in here and these guys, you, you get the one guy putting in the money and, and, <laughs> and Campio says he's dead. Uh, and make, come on, you don't do that. He's trying to be a nice guy. Say, come on here, take the money. And Campy goes, thank you. Now, should they come uh, put the rose on your grave? Come on, he's not a dead man. He's a good guy. He said, uh, look, he just put in another $1,000. What are you going to say now? His head just exploded and went to the moon. It did not happen. That's not ha. even my favorite impression. It's thank the you. Scott Matt's impression. I like when you, I like, well, I like when, I like it when you fell asleep in Vegas. It was nice. You're in the middle of the, in the middle of the thing talking and you said, hey, where's Ray? He's sleeping. And then, and then you on the Enterprise and say, come on, what are you doing? He hates the Enterprise. He doesn't want to be there. Come on. Okay, let's do it. We should keep him. <laughs> All right. Let's keep him. Let's stop. Uh, what was that? That was, that was Andy. We've got uh, Jacob Hirsch who writes, yes or no, was the person in the image in DS2? No. And so a lot of you guys know, when I got sent those Spider-Man 2 images, there were a couple of others that once I found out the Spider-Man 2 images was real, we didn't post the other ones. I did show them to Robert. Uh, and it's pretty great but no we were surprised to find out that the image those images were not from spider-man and they were not from doctor strange either once it comes out we will tell you what the images what were uh, and what we have here but uh no we do have gore the god butcher footage though but anyway that's a side somebody thing. said they released images of him today did they well, yeah good. I, well, good. I, I, there was some uh, yeah I, I, don't, I, I haven't seen that it. Because he looks He looks good. pretty damn good. Yeah, he looks I mean, pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, All right, yeah. let's get on with it here. Next up, uh, Jay Bling writes in, Avatar 2, this family is our fortress. I do like that line. Considering Vin Diesel has an undisclosed role in Avatar 2, he does? Now, is it safe to assume Jake Sully learned that sentiment from Dominic Toretto uh, in his human form? Well, of course, the ultimate Avatar is, I mean, if Vin Diesel's producing the movie, is Dominic Toretto. He'll take out... Uh, what's the name of the corporation? RDR? RDA or something? RDA. Yeah, yeah. You know, take them all out. Everything's done. Vin Diesel wins everything. Yeah, actually, I really did, like I said, I'm not thrilled with the trailer just for what it was, but that was a really good line. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from that. All right, next up. We got a men who writes the crossover. I want men in black 23 versus furious park. <laughs> furious park. I like that one. I'm in. All right. Next up. Ben Rayner writes, Hey guys. Uh, so, so happy. Two of my favorite uh, YouTube hosts are on today. Uh, question. I heard you have to, okay. I heard you have to have watched WandaVision to watch this movie. Is that true? What do you think? Thanks for the show. Bring on the filthy. All right. This is interesting, Christian, because yeah. what I, I've been telling people, the brilliant thing about the MCU, and I think the number one thing, aside from making quality product, the number one thing that you can attribute to their success is that Kevin Feige has always maintained and made sure that every Marvel property that comes out is a potential entry point. That you can walk in on almost any Marvel property having not seen anything before, and you're not going to feel lost. I will say that I kind of feel like that changes with Doctor Strange because I watched WandaVision. But if you just walked into WandaVision or if you just walked into Doctor Strange and you haven't yeah. watched WandaVision, I think you're going to be very confused. I, I think you can follow it. But that was even though I have seen WandaVision and I wasn't as emotionally attached, I think you'd be less emotionally attached yeah. if you yeah. haven't seen exactly. WandaVision. Yeah. Because they ask you for a lot. I mean, it's even referenced in the trailer that he brings it up. She's like, 
he's like, I'm not here to talk to you about the events of what happened. Yeah. So they're telling you in the trailer, make sure you watch WandaVision. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, there's tons. And I, again, See, I think you, the opposite. I think by him saying, I'm not here to talk to you about that. I thought that was like telling the audience, you don't need to worry about watching WandaVision. Well, it, it well, it it doesn't imply that in the in the the movie itself. You're right. Because, You're 100 right. Because there's so much in that movie that when you get to the spoiler stuff of it that you can talk about that they ask you to do that I think emotionally plays better in WandaVision yeah. than it does in here, even if you've seen WandaVision. So if you haven't seen it, it won't tie because you're gonna have you will have questions about like, well, wait a minute, how did how, wait, how did that happen? And like, oh well, in the TV show, this happened. So I do think that you should watch it. Yeah. I don't think you'd be lost, but I do think it is um it, it is something you should check out. They should require it. Actually, you, you should. <laughs> yeah, I agree. for for this For this movie, you should watch Wandavision for sure. Uh, by the way, I just want to give a shout out to Mikhail May, who became a who just became a director level member of our channel. Uh, thank you so much, and Kay, who just became a member of the channel as well. Thank you so for that. So much for that. All right, next up, we got uh, A. Marcellus writes. I had problems with this movie, but it wasn't the lack of cameos. Fans will never be happy until they see every character from the comics. Feige just needs to make an MCU film called Everyone Is here but i've always said going back to the amc days i've always said the one problem with shared cinematic universe is not the filmmakers it's going to be the fans who are like you could have a movie about eddie the clerk at the 7-eleven who's in the mcu and you're gonna have 50 people asking why didn't captain america show up why didn't captain marvel show up why didn't ant-man show up and and yeah the cameo thing has gotten out of hand i just just too many cameos people are expecting to see and there are cameos in this movie we're not gonna say which ones. I thought they addressed that well, though the Avengers thing. I mean, again, without spoiling, they're like because they do ask that question a lot of times of like why isn't that Avenger there? I think they actually did they that. They do well a here. little bit of that. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right yeah. in this movie, which we can't go into in yeah. detail, of course. All right, uh, next up, Bobby Jackson writes. So good seeing Christian uh, in the new studio. Such a great old school vibe. Made my Friday, and if I had to rate it, I'd give uh, Strange eight point five out of ten. I don't give scores anymore mm -hmm. because because you know if I say seven out of ten, seven out of ten means something different to everybody. Yeah. But I think if I was going to give a score to it, I I think seven out of ten is where I'd go. Absolutely. Solid seven out of ten. If you had to give a numerical score, what would it be? Yeah, I would I, seven out of ten or a B plus. Right, something. and you were like you were originally three point five out of five. I was five, originally seven, seven out of ten, but I, I just want just a little no a little lower. Yeah, I'm a little lower for because it just uh, again. Enjoyed watching in the theater. It's just like you guys are going to see it again tonight, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> this one actually takes a little bit for it to sink in. I I still it don't does. know yet. Yeah. Like the two things I wanted from it was I wanted to see Wanda wreck everything, and they really? gave me more than that. And I also wanted to learn about Doctor Strange more. Like this is a character <laughs> that you know, like that character. You wanted to learn more about Doctor Strange in a Doctor Strange movie? No, 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 no. It's just like <laughs> like he wasn't one of my uh, the comics that I used to read. Like I used to see it, I'd be like, yeah. "Oh man, this, whoever uh, drew this is on mushrooms or whatever," <laughs> and and it gave me that too. So it was like, but I still don't know. I didn't hate it, but I okay. still don't know if you I. You remember liked. how Ray just said he he really wanted to see like wanted to wreck and shop, right? There's there are moments in this movie you had to have been there, but where I felt uncomfortable in the theater because there are moments in this movie where there's some really horrific things happening, and a single voice in the theater. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, Ray, like laughing. It's like yeah. Four security guards came in to go to look at Ray. I was just laughing just because I was like, I love this. This is this is what I wanted You're like to see. Like De Niro in Cape Fear. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Exactly. That's exactly Max what Aura. All right, what's next? 
Uh, where are we at? Uh, Bailey Fuller writes, uh, why is Netflix, oh, sorry, why is Netflix have Jackass 4 or 5 instead of Paramount uh, next month? Uh, wouldn't Paramount benefit to have it all on services? Okay, yes, but you have to understand licensing deals are complex, right? And with licensing deals, that this is why like Harry Potter popped up on HBO Max when it first came out and then it disappeared and I don't know, went to Peacock or something like that. Then went somewhere else. Then it was in limbo for a bit. Then it was back. Like these, these licensing deals get signed for certain periods of time at certain periods of time and they got to be honored. That's why like even when Disney Plus launched, a lot of the MCU titles were not on Disney Plus. Star Wars movies too. They were still on Netflix. They were still there because there were still licensing deals. How would you you guys explain that to somebody? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, and these licensing deals can be made years in advance, you know, especially if something's a previously existing franchise. And that's why you see like like Heat, Michael Mann's Heat just came to Netflix this week. When did they make that deal, you know? Um, I think that's going to go away. You're going to see less and less and Absolutely, less of that. Yeah. I mean, that's why like friends, Netflix sp- spent a hundred million dollars to license friends for one year, one year in 2019 before it went to HBO max, presumably forever, you know, and, and that's just, it, it happens. Yeah. Well, it's, sorry. It's just, it's the difference of what streaming is. Cause remember back in the day, whether it was, it's, you could see a movie that was on HBO and Showtime at the same time, but because of each platform now whether it's nbc having peacock and paramount plus will have jackass the new tv show that they're going to do and And eventually you're going to see it all back of course it's just like you said is the licensing deals are are different all right great question man all right next up we got elizabeth gerardo hey elizabeth who writes in saw dr strange 2 and i loved it the cameos were really fun the post-credit scenes were a hit or miss for me uh the first one confused me the second one was hilarious america chavez was my mvp i loved america chavez in it elizabeth i'll be honest with you i was not happy with either of the post-credit scenes now don't get me wrong i'm not one of these people who thinks a post-credit scene has to set up the next movie nope i don't believe that at all but i thought the second post credit scene was a waste. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I turned to like to Anne and I said, we sat through seven minutes of credits for this. And the first post credit scene was okay. It was basically somebody going hi. And that, that was kind of, I don't know. What do you guys think about the post credit scenes? I like the first one because when I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I had to ask questions to the people that did know what was going on. But when I did, I thought, okay, although I thought it, negated something that had just happened in the movie i know what yes, yeah i know what you're talking so about. that was weird to me that i couldn't agree with you more that the second one i was like oh man you had such an opportunity to do something else there and yeah you did that yeah i felt the same way they were pretty inconsequential yeah i agree all right thanks a lot for sending that in elizabeth next up bobby jackson writes rob what did you think of Strange New Worlds? Aside from a few minor quips, I really enjoyed seeing a hopeful message on TV again instead of another dystopian TV show. I, you know, I thought, aside from being incredibly on the nose, I thought it was really well done. You know, uh, I like Anson Mount is a leading man. He's so good. I loved when he when I didn't know how I feel about him as Pike when he came on to Discovery, but you're right. He's really good in that. I, role. I mean, he's the reason the show even exists. I agree. You know, he's he's in modern Star Trek of everything they've done. He's the only character that feels like a truly fully formed Star Trek character, and he's he's terrific. And they've got a, a good cast. You know, I thought again for me, it's always about the writing. The writing was very on the nose, and I am tired. Everyone talks. Like they're from today. They talk in colloquial today English. When somebody goes on the bridge and Uhura goes, ooh, cool. I'm like, these are supposed to be people in a military environment. 
And, you know, there's a chain of command, but everybody just seems to chime in whenever they want and to say something's cool in the middle of a All right, operation. so we're going to, before we get into an avalanche of Rob, uh, Rob, on, 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 everything we wrong almost had Star it. We Trek. He started John, so John. nice. Chapter eight. I have to ask, is, are, is Brian related to you or something? He just keeps uh, showering you with love. <laughs> Well, I mean, thank you, Brian. I mean, don't discourage him. Dear God. No, seriously, thank you, Brian, so much. All right, let's keep things going here. Next up, we got My Comic Planet, who writes in, I loved Elizabeth Olsen's performance, and the ending was great, but to me, Doctor Strange 2 felt like a great Sam Raimi movie trapped inside of a bland, cookie-cutter MCU movie. I don't necessarily agree, but I can see where you're going with that. Like, I I, I can see what you're th- how you're thinking that in that kind of a structure, and it, because in its DNA, I think we all agree here that it, it does absolutely feel like Sam Raimi film. Like, if I went into this movie cold, after the first half hour, if I started watching this movie, I go, man, I bet you Sam Raimi directed this. I mean, and that's without the Bruce Campbell cameo. So I totally see where you're coming from on that, my comic planet. All right, next up. Jay Master writes, Hey, John, over under 10%, we get a Mandalorian season three trailer during the uh, Mando panel and an Andor teaser trailer at Star Wars Celebration. Are you really? Jay, Jay, are you really setting a line of 10% mm-hmm. that at Star Wars Celebration, they may drop some Star Wars trailers? I, I will I will take the far over 10. I, I will go over 60 on that, and, and, Rob. Andor I'll, sure. I'll, I'll go even higher. 100% we're going <laughs> to see something from Andor. Yep. And probably 100% we're going to see something from Mando Season 3. Christian? Yeah. I, I would, I, I'm would. i always hesitant to do 100, but I'll go 99%. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, because there's a, yeah, there's just, there's just too much. Now, I'll start going into ten percent when it comes to how many movies they're going to announce, if any. Right. I'll start right. doing, you know, when it comes to if they're going to announce new shows or anything along that. But yeah, those particular because we know they've been shooting already, and and maybe more information on on certain things with cast and how many seasons we might get at Andor. That's the type of stuff I'd be interested in percentages. But mm-hmm. trailers, yeah, we're we're getting both. All right. Next up, we've got Tyler uh, Roden who writes and sends in like a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you, Tyler, for supporting us on that level, man. Tyler writes. I get the prequels weren't perfect, uh, but I think the Clone Wars was... Okay, let me try this again. The Clone Wars and the prequels give some compelling storytelling way more than the sequel. I'm new to the show and notice... I'm new to the show... Sorry, the lines jumped around. And uh, and notice your views. Please explain why. Thanks. Much love. Well, no, Tyler, I am not going to go into a diatribe again about why the prequels suck. Um, I, I mean, listen... I think the prequels are absolute flaming garbage. That being said, I love that there are people who love it, though. I mean, if I want every person to enjoy every movie that you watch and enjoy, (laughs) and that's awesome. And I've gone on enough over my career about why I don't like the prequels. That being said, um, the important thing is that you enjoy it. That's the cool thing. And if that's what gets you into Star Wars, then I'm super grateful for it. I'm not a huge Clone Wars fan. Um, I am actually, I'm very opposite from a lot of my fellow Star Wars fans where I actually prefer Rebels over Clone Wars myself, which is funny because it's kind of the same extended story, same people making it and everything. But I really did quite like Rebels. Not so big on Clone Wars, although there, a couple of the seasons were quite strong in Clone Wars. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's just kind of my thing on it. But you're you're really into Clone Wars yourself. Clone Wars, I, I actually... I do like love Clone Wars, but I actually do prefer Rebels. Oh, also. you do? I, okay, I just, yeah. Because Rebels uh, responded to it very well. But we haven't talked a lot about in our in our Star Wars stuff. I've I've gone through a very different phase with the prequels because of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what the hell happened, but one time <laughs> we were watching uh, the Phantom Menace, and we were watching, and I looked over, and she had this look in her eyes, and I just something in me went, oh, 
I get it. Like I get it. Like and I watched it so differently. And I watched Aww. them and I watched them in a way where I was watching it in how when George Lucas always says, Well, these are meant for for, for children. And I was like, Well, they're all, they're just you can say that about anything. But when you start looking at it in that way and then starting looking at them extended um, episodes of Clone Wars and right. extended episodes of the animated series, I have a very different response to the prequels now than I than now I that used as to. a dad very much so yeah and, and I and and from watching the animated series and I think that the Clone Wars and Rebels have made the prequels significantly better because of things now because they are canon and the way that it ties into so um so yeah so that's I, I just uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars. Ann and I, I just, we're talking recently that we want to go back and do a rewatch of Rebels. Uh, have yeah. a rewatch Rebels since it originally Probably aired. Probably a good idea right now with the Inquisitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's that too. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Stray Wolf who writes, only three nerds in the front row were cheering when the cameos happened. <laughs> Anyone else was silent. I was under... Uh, it was underwhelming and a waste of time, in my opinion. I'll tell you what, our theater went nuts. Yeah. Like when the, the scene happens with the cameo and stuff like that, our theater went absolutely bananas, uh, including Anne. And and what's really super excited went bananas too. But again, your mileage may vary. That'll differ from theater to theater. All right, next up, we've got uh, Zach Marcello who writes, can we get uh, Ray some sweet island theme items for his background <laughs> you know it's funny because we were talking or we we're having were we having lunch yeah we were having lunch yesterday and rob said you know we should get a green screen with the ocean breeze and everything behind him i'm like come on guys isn't this joke played out but apparently not <laughs> apparently not minority island is alive and well right <laughs> race destination place all right uh, i'm not I'm maybe not we'll get a here. fake palm tree back there or something for him all right next up as uh, that was Zach Michello. Uh Daniel Dang writes, my theater went berserk for the Avatar trailer. Yeah, see, that's the interesting thing. Every movie theater has its own DNA, right? For every screening and, and different people react for different things. I'm glad to hear your theater had such a good reaction. All right, next up, uh, we've got Andy who writes, I give the Moon Knight uh, finale a one out of 10. Ooh. There were so many uh, avatars and yet not one of them bothered to air. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. For, the, for those of you listening to the podcast, I should finish reading that. Not one of them bothered to airbend again my big problem like with all the avatars that are in there right okay so first of all uh, you get to be a superhero you get to be a superhero i, I hated that with layla but so uh, moon knight who is an avatar and uh gets to give harrow a big run for his money and and layla gets to give but but harrow walks in to the temple and there's like five egyptian god avatars in there and one shot he takes them all out Oh, oh, but there was these other avatars that that he has a real hard problem with. I mean, that oh, that part really frustrated me. Okay, next up, we got Carlos Lima who writes send tips in like twenty dollars. Thank you, Carlos, for supporting our channel on that level, man. Uh, hey, hey, campers, with a lot of people wanting to see Top Gun two, do you think that if a sequel to Legend was ever made, people would want to see it? <laughs> I definitely wouldn't mind. Stay safe and bring on the filthy. I'll say this, Carlos. I wonder what you guys think about this. I don't think the excitement for Top Gun 2 has much, not anything, but much to do with Tom Cruise as it has to do with everybody remembers and loves Top Gun so much. Um, I don't feel that at all for Legend. I, I don't think a Legend thing. I don't know, Rob, what do you think? No one went and saw Legend when it first came out. Legend, look, look, I think Legend to this day, there has never been a movie that has better prosthetic makeup effects. Tim Curry as Darkness is, I think, my favorite prosthetic creation ever done. Rob Bottin's makeup, Meg Mucklebones, 
I mean, uh, incredible. Uh, Robert Picardo plays Meg Mucklebones. There's incredible, but it's it's Tolkien light. You know, it's like a fairy tale. However, I will say this: there's multiple versions on Blu-ray. You can borrow them. You can watch the long yeah. extended version. We don't need to have this discussion again. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful movie, and Tom Cruise is great in it. But nobody remembers it. I Christian? love Legend. That's screaming, screaming, uh, uh, streaming television. That's you can yeah. absolutely make a television show yeah. out of Legend. That's true. And yeah, you don't have to put Tom Cruise in it. If you can get him for, if you can get Tom Cruise for for a cameo, probably not. But if you could, great. Extend on that world because that's something where you can just take a shot and see if people will respond to it. Don't put the big bucks into it for a theater because if nobody goes and sees a Top Gun. What they've done with Top Gun, with the fact that they 2019 it was supposed to come out and they refused to put it on Paramount Plus because they knew what they had. Yep. And that's another reason between the hype. And then when CinemaCon happens and the hype now between all the positive reactions, it's a very different circumstance. Guys, Top Gun 2. Oh, so good. So good. It's so good. It's so good. Favorite movie. I think we all, we all three of, of us teared up. I think, well, I yeah. think all four. I think even Ray got all, a little emotional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the last thing I was expecting to have a literally yeah. an, an an involuntary, real emotional response. It, well, that's the thing. It doesn't, and you do not. That's a difference. What we were just talking about before. You don't have to be a Top Gun one fan to. to oh, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. All right. Next up. We got Chef Rigo. Chef, we are coming. I promise we are coming. Uh, <laughs> I saw Doctor Strange 2 after having magic brownies. It definitely was an experience. Hey, listen, I still remember. Uh, like after at the premiere for the first uh, Doctor Strange and coming out of that and like a, there were a lot of people you could tell had been uh, using supplemental enhancements <laughs> <laughs> I mean for that one I mean it's, the Doctor Strange movies are definitely ones that might enhance your experience a little bit with a little bit of help there chef and yeah keep the knife sharp man we're, we're, we're coming we are coming all right I'm, I might have had an edible <laughs> next up dr strange right <laughs> um uh rob how did you meet john also dr strange 2 was disappointing it is to some people uh just just quickly you know we were doing uh amc the, heroes the fir- yeah the first time i was on the sixth episode of amc heroes i did not know who john campia was i knew who john schnepp was i'd known him for years john schnepp asked me to come on some youtube show i'm like okay like i didn't know much about it and then i go there's a neat stage neat set and you were there, and I I was introduced to you, and we did a show together. And, and that was uh, literally, that was seven years ago. That was April, I want to say April 14th. Yep. 2015. Yeah, seven years ago. I can't believe the time's flying. All right, next up, we've got uh, Andy who writes, Spider-Man 2022, Peter Parker, I don't want to fight you, Flash, Ezra Miller. I, I wouldn't want to fight me either. Ah... Uh, Oh, yes. Different Flash. The original Flash and the Spider-Man. Yeah, I saw that meme. Somebody actually was passing that meme around. All right. Aunt, uh, Ashton writes, cringed more at the dialogue than the horror. You know what? I've heard some people say that. With all the different issues I have with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, dialogue wasn't one of them for me. Hmm. I really didn't have a problem with the dialogue myself. No, I mean, I mean, you've got wizards and sorceresses and creatures. Different and, levels of reality and dimensions. Yeah. And yeah, I, honestly, I didn't have a problem with the dialogue. So I, oh, that's just me. All right. Next up, Blackjack Hooligan writes, I just saw the Arrow 4K release of RoboCop, and it was amazing. After watching it, I got to say, I'd buy that for a dollar. Listen, I just, uh, I don't even know why I'm asking. Rob, do you own the 4K version of, yeah. Yes, I do. (laughs) And it's great. It comes, it's a box set, special edition. But what really bothers me, it's it's an exact duplicate of their Blu-ray set. Oh. Why did they just put it out in 4K in the first place? I got some breaking news. Um, just unfortunate that Charles Oliveira didn't make weight. 
Oh, screw that. So no, really? no, no title on the line tomorrow. Because he didn't make weight? Yeah. That coward. That absolute coward. Ga- that was Gaethje's belt. He's, right yeah, Gaethje was about to bust his ass to take that title. Yeah, that wasn't an accident. Freaking yeah. coward. Well, I mean, oh you've been doing God. this. If you do this all the time and if you don't feel you're making weight, why even get into the fight or do whatever? Just say something. You know, don't take it to the. But okay, so the now, title's not on the line. Is the fight still happening? Probably, yeah, yeah. Well, if from, why would Gaethje take the fight saying, if the title's not up for it? He, uh, Fredo, saying one hundred fifty-five point five. Probably to whoop that ass. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> supposed to be one. Oh, it's only by uh, half a pound, I guess. But still, they take that stuff seriously. You're allowed to miss by half a pound. Wait. I thought half a pound was the. Yeah, I thought Hold on, you, let me let me let anyway, me let me look I, into. I would I would our, love if Ray just made that whole thing. Up. Yeah, <laughs> most of our viewers most of our viewers don't care, so that's fine. Let's yeah. move on. Next up, uh, we've got Jay Bling who writes: "Chosen getting in Terry Silver's face was my favorite moment of the Cobra Kai uh, season five trailer." I'll tell you what. What was the line that he said to him again? The chosen gets like the, the silver says something, and then chosen comes in and says, "Oh yeah, it, it's more of a I can't. I, it's it's basically." He, he it's to show that he's got an edge it's to show that he, he, you're fighting a different kind of Miyagi dough here that it's it's uh yeah I forget what the line itself was but that's he so Yuji showed up last night at the event by the way um at the very end to talk about chosen coming back oh nice and, and that's that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to the confrontation between chosen and Terry silver absolutely oh this is something volumes uh thanks Mike cat uh, don't play or fire well I'm gasoline yes that's I'm exactly like look I'm not even a Cobra Kai fan and even I was like yeah, yeah. That was chosen and Daniel line. working together is a great angle I love it all right what's next we've got Caden who writes uh one Mark slash Steven slash Jake and Dane Whitman will appear in the blade project two multiverse is number nine in my MC rankings I enjoyed it but not perfect I mean, listen, a lot of people are speculating that we're going to start to see a formation of some kind of version of the Midnight Suns, right? Like some people are even thinking uh, uh, freaking Ghost Rider is going to come out. Obviously, Black Knight is in there with Whitman. We've got Blade is coming, stuff like that. It would make sense. Do you think that's actually how they're going to play it? You know, that's not a bad idea. I mean, remember, Moon Knight was first introduced in Werewolf by Night comics in 1975. Yep. And I think how... The Blade movie is going to introduce the supernatural more so than, I mean, not just vampires. Like, how are they going to bring vampires in? Have there always been vampires? I mean, with a daywalker, there's vampires. Where have they been? Probably in the same place the X-Men have been. Right. Like, like, how do they do that? And they even kind of set it up a little bit in in Eternals, right? Like, to that that one thing there. So, like, that's, they're definitely going to be able to put that. And then with Moon Knight, I mean, you guys were there. At, I forget what it was where Kevin Feige said it. I guess it was at, at, at um, in D23? Vegas. What, no, in Vegas at, at for CinemaCon where he said they were working on the plan for 10 years. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. going back to our first topic, uh, like inside of that plan, you better bet your ass at one point. They're like, well, where, if at any, we can put Moon Knight in here and how that plays in. Like, well, you know, Blade's come out here. We could potentially do it there. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious in this in this universe, where do vampires come from? Ralph. And if they tie, it's a supermarket here in California. But I mean, their, their origins. Thanks, Christian. You've you got the cursed blade of the Black Knight. You've got vampires, and maybe tied into ancient Egypt. Like maybe that was the the origin of where vampirism came from. I don't know. I mean, they could tie it all in, but 
I mean, it could come from a plethora of places. So we'll see where that goes. So you I might be right about that. All right, next up. My Comic Planet writes, Hey, Christian, great to see you on the show. I have a question for you. How excited are you for the Obi-Wan show, and what do you hope to see from it? Looks terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it's my most anticipated thing. I mean, you and I have been talking about the Obi-Wan movie a very long time. Yep. I don't know where you are now with it, but you, we've had many debates on air how I always thought Vader should be in it. You told me at one point he won't be in it. I said he will be. Well, in I certainly it. said he shouldn't be in it. Yeah. Uh, yes. At one point you said he, he, he won't, but then you, you said you've always stood that you don't think he should be in the show. But um, nonetheless, whether it's Rebels fans or it's what they're doing, my, my the reason why I'm so hyped about it is because even though I just told you that I have this new appreciation for the prequels, in my mind, what the prequels always were going to be was this what we're getting in this show right when this setup came into when in episode four when he's talking to luke and he's telling him about how his father was a great friend and, and all these different things that happen and and like the how vader hunted down and killed all the jedi we're seeing even though albeit it's 10 years later this is still such a great follow-up and it's almost like the fourth prequel you know and like everything that i've seen so far and i'm most excited about deborah chow directing oh, yeah. the entire series mm -hmm. because we haven't had that in Star Wars yet to where someone's directing a whole series. Have and I when, mentioned a good Canadian girl? Have I, have I thrown Bryce that Dallas out there? Howard? I mean, not Bryce Dallas Howard. Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. And you know, she was Canadian. So, um, but, you know, the thing that I was mentioning with her is the gallery series that was on in my in, and the one that they did for The Mandalorian when they were all sitting around a table and they were all talking about it and very similar to what we were just talking about before where these are people with Cobra Kai, these are people who were just so enriched by the lore and, and, and it didn't seem like, well, we gotta make the money, we gotta do this. It was like, no, 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 you watched Deborah Chow, she looked like she was in class, like listening, but becoming the master. Right, you know, right, and like, right. and and I'm like, that's what I want to see. And hearing her interviews, she's saying everything that I want to hear. She's like, the idea. Someone asked her about, well, how, what about these lines about when I left you, I was but the learner. You know, she said, of course we were paying attention to that. Of course we have to address that in some way. Of course, it's like it's not like it's not going to be pushed off to the side. And it's like, okay, get here, get here, get here now. You know what I loved about her in that in that uh, what do they call the behind the scenes series gallery. again? Gallery. The gallery. Was that whenever they showed footage of the various different directors and John Favreau, you know, meeting the directors and they're they're all like, oh yeah, trying to be creative, but when it was showing Deborah Chow's episodes, it was fucking military. Yeah, like it was. You could tell she's the no nonsense. Like everything is tight. Everything like everything is worth still be, fun, but, but still, still fun. fun. Like yeah. she just finds a way to do it. And I'm like, when they announced that she was going to be doing Obi Wan, like my interest in the series turned into excitement. So we'll see where that goes. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. Next up, Amin writes. Have you guys been playing the new Lego Star Wars game? I always enjoyed most Lego games, but the care and detail in this new one is amazing. I downloaded it. I played it for 15 minutes, and I haven't played it since. Uh, so I, I just haven't had time. Oh, okay. So I got to get it loaded back up. I put it on my PS5, loaded up. It, it, it looked beautiful, and some of the lines were already really funny. They do a good job writing some humor into this game, so I got to get more into it, Amin. All right, next up, Spencer P. writes, uh, Hey, crew, I saw Doctor Strange last night. Got to be honest, didn't love it. Second act didn't work for me. I, I'm the same way. Um, didn't work for me, and the finale felt rushed in my opinion. I'm going to disagree with that. I never felt... Like, I thought the third act was well-paced. I thought the action was great. I thought what happened in it was narratively very strong. I like the third. I didn't feel it was rushed at all, to be honest with you. Uh, it, like, amongst some criticisms that I have, which we'll talk about in the open spoiler discussion, feeling rushed wasn't one of them, at least not to me. All right, next up. 
Uh, JP Burnett writes, Hello, John and crew. Since Christian is on today, let's talk about how Obi-Wan Kenobi does not break Star Wars canon. It absolutely does. No, it doesn't. Uh, you're welcome. Have a nice <laughs> day, everyone. It does not. Just for, the, for those of you who are wondering about <laughs> what is this talking about, because I've mentioned it uh, before, too. So here's the thing. When the original Star Wars, when the line, like if you want to play a game of, of semantic hopscotch and do somersaults semantically, you can create a way, a new way that it doesn't break canon. But anybody who watched Star Wars, the original films before anything else that happened, the clear communicated message was that that was the last time they saw each other in the reference to when, when we last met, I was blah, blah, blah. The clear message of Star Wars was that. It was never in George Lucas's mind that we're going to have five other different stages between here and there when they met. Now, semantically, they will do some somersaults and hopscotch and say, well, we'll find a way to make it work. Here's where I'm at. I'm at, what do they call it in the addiction part? Acceptance. I just accept that they are, they decided to change it for the sake of the show, and I'm fine with it. I'm even excited to see Vader in this thing now, but it is changing what the original intention of the original movie was. I mean, sure, but you can even say that about the about Empire Strikes Back. George Lucas didn't know that Vader was going to be his dad. And I do. Yeah. I, I refer to that. And, or and, the, or that uh, Leia ends up being his sister. Right. I, I refer to so, that all the that, time. So that's, I agree. But that's the thing. But it was done clever enough that you're like, okay, that works. Now, yep, I accept I, it. I'm not going to disagree it. with you that if it's done poorly, though, and it doesn't, and it's because there was stuff that was done poorly in the prequels that mess up canon like for right and and i hope that they actually fix this in obi-wan hey we're gonna we're gonna hide these kids where are you gonna put luke yeah, i figured we'll put him on the same place that his father uh, was uh, in the same house in the same house what's his last name gonna be skywalker <laughs> you, you, nobody now, will suspect a thing <laughs> now the way that they could change that and people have been suggesting which in the movie the original movie this kind of goes to this conversation in new hope never once on tatooine did they call him luke skywalker now if he's referred to on Tatooine as Luke Lars, okay. It's because you never call him that. You can that's the type of stuff you're talking about yeah. that you can get away with it and say it's done all right. But if it's just like if you just ignore it or do a sloppy way to do it, that's when you get into problems because the I am but a learner is the tougher one because the thing that really plays for me that works well, and the reason why I thought Vader should be in it, which we've been talking about forever, is Return of the Jedi. Obi-Wan once thought as you did. That's the one that really makes sense because in Revenge of the Sith, he thinks he's dead. He walks away from him. And then Padme is the one who says there's still good in him. It's not Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan thinks he's gone. Obi-Wan thinks he's evil. He never once thinks it. But 10 years later, he does. And that's what we're going to get. I, I think the one phrase that you said there that I think kind of sums up my feeling of it is if you can find a way to get away with it. And I, I think that's what they did. And or accept I, and it. And it works. Or, or, yeah. yeah. And I accept it. Yeah. yeah. Like what I was saying yesterday, though, all he says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And Obi-Wan says, only a master of evil. That's exactly what we're going to see because Obi-Wan was always Luke's teacher. I mean, uh, Anakin's teacher. Anakin was never a full-fledged master. Right. But he's a master of the Sith. Right. And that's why he says... When I left you, I only a master. Of He's people. trying to become a master. They won't give him the rank. Right, and, right. And so put him on the general council, right. but we don't grant yeah. you. But, but master. homeboy did. Palpatine did. So when he says I was a master, only a master of evil, Darth. That's what, exactly what we're going to see. Right. All right. Next up, we've got uh, William M. Butlicker writes, uh, love Doctor Strange 2, watched it back to back in real D3D and IMAX, probably uh, not happening, but fingers still crossed for 266 million. Let's go, Ray. Yeah, I. 
266 million is like like the top end of the projection right now is 222. That's the top be. end of the projection. It's not gonna so be. it's going to have to go like 44 million beyond that. So I don't think so. But again, if it hits 266, Rob or Ray is getting his brand new hot toy. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that all turns out. All right. Matt Sanders writes. Hey, John and crew, could you go into more detail about the scene you saw for Elvis? We saw more than one scene uh, at the con. And what was the feeling in the room uh, there during it? I grew up with Elvis, so I can't wait to see take my to, to take my parents to see it. And by the way, Matt sent in like a $20 super chat to support us. Thank you so much for that, Matt. Listen, I tell you. One of the most impactful presentations at CinemaCon was that Elvis awesome. presentation. Now, first of all, it should be said that Boz Lerman um, also hijacked CinemaCon. <laughs> like, he went way over time. Oh, really? Like, he, they even had the MC on the stage with him who was like, who noticeably kept trying to stop him and get him to move on because he just started telling stories, right? And going and going and going. He was hilarious. And so their whole panel went way over time. Oh, wow. But that aside, I mean, Boz Lerman directed one of my top 20 all-time favorite films of all time, Moulin Rouge, so I'll give him whatever pass he wants. The Maybe this word gets used too much. The Elvis stuff they showed us was magical. It, it was emotional and it was moving and it was like, first of all, I think we're about to see Tom Hanks in a way we've never seen Tom Hanks before. And, and, and Lerman says that it's like, oh yeah, we just, like Tom Hanks makes this movie happen. And then he even said, like at one point he said, look, I actually wanted to do this movie. I thought about it. I was given a green light to do it, but I thought I can't do this movie because I'll never find the right person to play Elvis here. And then what's the kid's name? Austin, uh, Austin Butler? But yeah, I Is that so. it? Austin Butler? Then he says he found Austin Butler. And then when you see the footage of it, you're like, yeah, they got the right guy to play this. It it, it looks phenomenal. I can't wait to see it. You saw the footage. Oh, too, dude, I, I was blown away, too. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. I love his Red Curtain trilogy. And what I thought was interesting, this, the specific scene that we saw was the segregated the audience, segregated audience, yeah. the, the, the black audience, the white audience. And of course, it's shown in the movie that Elvis grew up in black churches and that's where where he kind of learned to sing and learn the gospels and so he he's a staunch supporter of civil rights back in an era when a lot of people weren't and all heck breaks loose and he's gonna get arrested i mean it's great because you see before the show starts the cops telling him telling elvis before we go on stage don't you so much as shake a finger right because the it was big controversy of the oh, way yeah. he would gyrate the pelvis and everything. Don't you even so much as shake a uh, shake a finger? So he goes on stage. They got this rope down the middle. Black audience on one side, white on the audience. Elvis goes out there, starts dry humping the mic and doing everything he's going to do. And all of a sudden, the white audience, and the black audience, start jumping the rope and dancing with each other and all that kind of stuff. And of course, the police weren't having any of it. And and, and then they're cutting back and forth to to the colonel with Tom Hanks. Oh, the scene was so good. The whole movie just looks like this incredible phantasmagoria of awesome. Yeah, I mean it. It, it like like Moulin Rouge and like it. It really looks spectacular. Yeah. Cannot wait to see it. I'm a that, massive anyway. Elvis Costello fan, so I can't wait to see it. All right, next up. Oh God, I haven't heard Elvis a lot. Uh, Never lose your nerd rights. Happy to say, I really like The Northman. I love, love The Northman. The Northman. Uh, my third favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, some weird parts, but it really worked in the in this movie. Great performance uh, and. At, you probably mean Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is my favorite actress. This has been the last 18 months for her has oh, yeah. been nuts good. And she's so good in this movie. Uh everybody in this movie is absolutely fantastic. It's a it's a great thing. Um, all right, let's move on here. 
Next up, we've got uh, Phoenix Arising writes, uh, just showing love. Hi, Christian. Uh, thank Hello. you, John and crew, for all you do. May the filthy be with you. Well, thank you, Phoenix, so much for that. I appreciate that very much. All right. Next up, CJ Rebirth uh, writes, loved Multiverse of Madness. Uh, audiences cheered a lot. Uh, America Chavez was awesome. Nine out of 10. Also, Sam Raimi came out uh, before cool. it started. Really? Where did you see Ooh. it? That would have been pretty awesome. That's really cool. That would have been really cool to see. Uh, all right. Next up, Tim Platt writes, loved this movie. Uh, was a bit concerned at first when I heard... Uh, that this would lean into the horror part, but it was just cool watching Wanda be a badass. I'll tell you what, after, without going into details, after we came out of the movie, we ran into a young couple, a younger couple uh, that are fans of the show. And they came up to us and they had their little guy with them. Who was what? Four, five. Yeah. Maybe a little probably like five or six, probably about yeah. five. Okay. Five or six. Their little guy with them who looked kind of traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. He did. <laughs> And um, the the mom was saying, yeah, he he was a little scared with with Wanda because I mean, again, the word <laughs> came out. This is pretty. There's horror, like Super horror in this real thing. horror. Yeah. I was going to uh, take my ten year old because she gets because certain. I know some, a lot of ten year olds can handle. My my daughter's very sensitive when it comes to certain images, so I can't even. I can't imagine. Yeah. I got a thirty something year old. I don't know that I can bring to this. Aaron, <laughs> I don't know that Aaron can watch this. I'll be honest with you. That, that might be kind of hard. He had these two little action figures on him, and he yeah, he had his, his 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 the little guy had his little Wanda, Wanda and, his and Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange action figures, and he didn't know what to do with them. Now he just looked kind of shell shocked. Poor guy. All right. Next up, we got uh, Ron W357, who sends in like a $20 super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Ron, for supporting us on that level, man. He writes, hey, John and crew, I think Universal should just go ahead and make it a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs movie with Vin Diesel and Chris Pratt. Thanks. I said, great minds, Ron W. Great minds. I'm telling you, he's going to be riding a dinosaur. He's going to be calling it family. They're going to have like, I don't know, everything else in the multiverse is going to open up and it's he's going to be Groot in it at the same time they're going to bring it all together all right next up we've got uh andy writes you know why vin diesel pays his cast exorbitant paychecks to appear in the fast and the furious movies it's because he treats them as family i'll tell you why else he pays some huge <laughs> paychecks because it's not his money exactly we're so for those of you who missed the story it came out the other day that of it looks like fast and the furious 10 is going to tip over 300 million dollar budget and over a hundred million of that is just for the cast, which I've never heard of that. I don't even know if that happened with Endgame. I, I, I really don't know. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they like to pay their people a lot, apparently. All right. Uh, thanks for that, Andy. Next up, Alex Von Gollum writes, Strange 2 is a clinic on how to make a great horror movie. Uh, the, the more I think about the film, the more I love it. Uh, favorite performance was Strange. The music scene uh, wow, a stroke of genius. Oh, so we won't go into the details of that except to say, I thought that, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't love it, but it was very creative. Agreed. You know, I, I, I thought that was uh, a very, very creative part of it. So yeah, I'll say that part worked for me, even though I, I didn't love it overall, but it was pretty imaginative for them to do. All right. Next up, Hale Higgins writes, I know John likes the UFC. Yep. Uh, is the Mark... Kerr uh, movie still happening and what UFC movie would you like to see a biopic from? Naganu's is my pick. Naganu's a really interesting so for those of you who don't know, Francis Naganu, UFC heavyweight champion, um, really interesting story. I mean, uh, not too many not all that long ago, this guy was like homeless in France and 
you know, comes up out of nowhere and now he's the UFC heavyweight champion. He carries himself very well. He's got like the most unbelievable knockout power I think I've ever seen. But honestly, there's a couple of others that I'd be really interested in. Uh, Anderson Silva's story going back to Brazil and how he kind of became the first. Well, really, Hoist Gracie. Hoist Gracie would be a good one. He's the guy who kind of made UFC what it is. Anyway, Frank Mir. Frank Mir. After what he did on that, that accident. The motorcycle accident mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Frank Mir would be really interesting. Diaz one. Brothers. The Diaz brothers would probably get smashing heads and smoking weed should be the title. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much what it it is. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do there. All right. Next up, we got what's that, Jonathan? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, since Chris, so. Oh, yeah, that one came through already. Sometimes it does that. Uh, my comic plan, let's see you line. So I have a cue for how oh, we also had that one. Colton Roberts. I don't think we had this one. Christian, any chance of seeing John in the schmodown again? I would love to see him on the desk again. Let's get ready to schmodown. Well, here's the problem with why you see Christian on here maybe once a year. It's the same. <laughs> we both have a lot of stuff going on and so far away. And, and now we're a little bit of a distance away. And it's harder because of the amount of, you know, things that you're doing here. And, like, we even, we've tried to do certain things, and it's just a matter of how much schedule. It's like mm-hmm. I had to take a full day off, you know, in order to, yeah. to come out here, today, which I'm, I'm happy to do, obviously. But I will say that you are one of the best people to be on the desk because when we called that free-for-all moment when Mark and Draco called. When there was the four-way elimination. Mark, oh. Mark that was one of the best the moments ever. ever. That Incredible. was crazy. Yeah. Your new set's badass, by the way. Oh, yeah, the oh, new set you. on Showdown really looks cool. terrific. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, have, we have a kind of a major moment happening on today's show. It's like, it's, I want I'll tell you off air what happens, and you're going to be like, how? Really? I'm like, yeah, we, we were able to do that today. All right. Next up, uh, we've got Rusty uh, Wadia, who, who sends in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Rusty. And Rusty writes, uh, I felt the theater, sorry, let's, I left the theater uh, feeling sad, not because I didn't like it, but because I felt sad for where some of the characters end in this movie, kind of like being sad watching uh, the end of Revenge of the Sith, but loving the movie, uh, the moving, probably meant the movie. Uh, I no, I get it. But see, to me, one of the strengths of this movie and one of the strengths of the MCU to me in general is follow the character stories to their logical conclusions. And, and so by conclusions, I don't mean the end of the character altogether, but the end of the conclusion of where they are in that particular story. And I really, listen, I, all I'm going to say is there is a major significant thing about this movie that I have been calling for two years. And it happened and it was logical. It, it was the natural progression of the character and they took that and they made it rich with the story and I personally really, really like that part. But yeah, if you can, listen, movies I keep saying are supposed to be experiential events and if you walk out of a movie, even like the way you're saying, you say, I felt sad because then, then that's the experience you had and that they wanted to give you and I even think that is something that's pretty cool. So I totally see where you're coming from. I agree but and I think that's a, a great part of it. All right. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, Mike jo- is Mike Joyce. All right. Mike Joyce writes Harloff and Campy together again, as Jim Carrey's Riddler said in the Batman forever. Joygasm. It's I. Oh, oh my God. I just noticed he sent in like a hundred dollar super wow. chat to, to send that in. Mike, thank you so much, man. That's awesome. Appreciate that very much to support us on that level. Listen, and as difficult as it is. Uh, with schedules and, and all that kind of stuff, I always love any chance I get to do something with Christian. And we've been, God, you and me seven years, but you and me more. Yeah, it's twenty thirteen was the first time I did AMC Movie Talk. So we're getting close to a decade. Yeah, you yeah. brought me on to AMC Movie Talk in 
April of 2014. Wow. Was that 2014? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, because I, that was that was as, as, you a, guessed as a regular. It, you, I guess yeah, I guessed, guessed it before Ellis that. And I guessed it on on 2013, and then we, yeah, and we started doing everything. Wow, that's a long time. I didn't realize you guys knew each other. Yeah, for a long it's long. you been going and for I were met. The first time we met was at a con at a Comic Con on a panel with Scott Mance, Ellis, and then the guy who did something silly. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like a whole thing. It was it was a lot of fun. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Jonathan came in just a couple months after crazy? that. Uh, All right. Nuts. Next up, uh, we've got uh, Josh Kahn who writes: Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness had me feeling iffy out uh, out of Strange didn't have a clear through line, and the second act is going to be divisive as hell. Oh, I personally did enjoy America Chavez in the movie, though. I mean, yeah, I I'm of the same mind. Like overall, I quite enjoyed the film. I, I thought it was a, a quite enjoyable movie experience the way christian described it it's a great in theater movie experience but yeah to me it kind of lost its footing a bit in the second act like i do feel like it found its footing later on but they've just made especially some pacing decisions we're coming out of the pacing of that first half hour first 35 40 minutes and then it does some really interesting side note stuff that i, I thought they could have bypassed yeah and, and the idea that it's the movie's not really about dr strange I thought it was. I mean, it is, but he's, it, it's more he is like. He's clearly the main character. Oh, he's the, the main character, but he's, he's, the, the story isn't really about. It's not his emotional him. arc. There's, no, it's there's not. True. There, are things, there are things that they have that it, he's got to deal with emotionally, yeah, yeah. but he, he's the B emotional arc. Yeah, he's I agree. That, that's, that's perfectly accurate, actually. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up. We got Irene Jobson who writes, "Hello everyone, and nice to uh, nice to meet you, Christian. Nice to meet you too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. I just assumed that like, well, everybody knows knows Christian around these parts. But again, we've had a lot of new viewers the last couple of years, and maybe you have not it, met Christian yet. YouTube's and a big space. Have. I'll tell you because I pretty I, big place. As I talk, you know, with I even when starting, I had started my own channel, the Christian Arnold channel, and like seeing new people kind of coming in and say, "Hey, I've never seen you stuff before." You think YouTube? Oh, it's a smaller space. It's a massive space. Yeah, Pretty big playground. Yeah. Pretty big playground. I keep forgetting about that. All right, next up, uh, we've got uh, official friend zone. Who writes? I love that name. <laughs> I feel like the MCU is putting in a, a a lot of plot lines with their movies and not really following up with them. I sense a lack of a plan. Well, look, I'll tell you this: if you're sensing a lack of a plan in the MCU, your senses are off. Uh, Kevin Feige is all plan. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like everything he plans to do three years later, he may not tinker with and change up a little bit as they get closer. But everything Kevin Feige does is all about planning, mapping things out, charting them out and all that kind of stuff. And some things will work better than others. Absolutely. But the one thing you'll never be able to really criticize the MCU for is lack of planning. I feel like I think that's something that they're pretty solid on. All right. Next up. We've got uh, Dante Shiraccia who writes, Hey guys, on the Jurassic franchise ending, I think if anything, the last one may be very much Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is something one of you guys were referencing. Mm -hmm. And the next franchise is humans trying to survive this apocalyptic world. I mean, like the one thing about that though is, is that at some point the T-Rex has to develop opposable thumbs yeah. and start to do math. <laughs> and, and because that's what it took for Planet of the Apes. But Guys, they've done some crazy things. Could could we see the Jurassic World franchise on Universal start to develop no. intelligent dinosaurs? But, but they are intelligent. That's the difference. So but you know what I mean. Remember, like, they lived on they lived on the planet for like billions of years. Yeah, and, and the the fact that they were around for so long and the fact like they they only stopped because a meteor hit. Right. Like if it, 
what clever girl, they're all clever well, girls. Right. So it's so you you haven't had a movie yet when they're the dominant species. We're still the dominant species and able to overcome it every single movie. One movie where they're the dominant species would be very interesting where we now because right now we're trying to figure out how to contain them. And when it's like, no, now how do we survive them? That and, and not just on an island in the world. Yeah. That's what becomes more at least more interesting. Like how do we farm? Yes. If there's dinosaurs everywhere, because the humans take over the moon because they get <laughs> right. they get kicked out of Earth. Yeah. So, so they're just doing strikes on, on Earth, trying to take back Earth from the dinosaurs. That's it. There's your movie. That's what Moonfall should have been. Yeah, Moon Moonfall, Moonfall two. two. We just wrote the script for you. All right, next up, what do we? Moonfall two. We just wrote the script for in crayons. In crayons. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Oswald writes top 10 of the MCU number 10 Black Widow hmm? number 9 Winter Soldier number 8 Moon Knight number 7 Ant-Man number 6 Guardians number 5 Multiverse of Madness number 4 No Way Home number 3 Iron Man number 2 Infinity War number 1 Endgame I don't know if it's possible to make a list that would look that much different than mine <laughs> but that's a beautiful thing about the MCU man it's like there's stuff in all these things that are are there for a lot of people and whatever way it strikes you that's the way it strikes you man I'm glad thanks for sharing your list with us dude uh Aiden Foley writes uh out of context review music note shuriken yeah again we're just, I gotta, I don't want to go into details about it, but I did think it was pretty creative Aiden all right Ryan Padilla writes Obi-Wan recognized uh, Death Vader probably meant Darth Vader. Recognized Darth Vader as Anakin, so they had to meet before. That's a What's good that? point. Meaning what? Meaning what? Well, well no, I mean, Darth I think he'll just Darth Vader that he knows it's Anakin. I, I well, we don't know. We don't. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Well, I've got a feeling to assume. Like, first of all, once you get into the novels, the the universe knows about Vader. Right. Not not necessarily that he was Anakin Skywalker. I don't think you've got to be Grand Admiral Thrawn who did figure it out. In the novels, but I don't think you have to be Grand Admiral Thrawn to put two and two together. But, but he does he does know that Anakin is Darth Vader because Yoda tells him that his name is Darth Vader. He's now become Darth Vader. He tells him in, in that around the he, he he tells him the name. He tells him so at what point does he do that? When they're around the when he's telling him about the Jedi Temple and everything, he told him he said, Gone is the the student, he's down Vader or whatever he oh, says. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there he tells I'm pretty sure he tells him the name. So that's probably when he does find out when he when he hears that Darth Vader's running around the joint. He's like, Darth Vader? we don't know. Maybe we do find out. The question is, are we gonna find flashbacks in this show? There's like a little deep fake of where I we think, see them at least. I think they together. will. I hope there's so. absolutely flashbacks. Right? I think there's gonna be close flashbacks. I think I hope but again, so. in one of the in one of the Thrawn novels, and maybe you can help me which one it is, yeah. one of the new Thrawn novels, uh Vader and Thrawn have to team up, right? Oh. And half of the book is flashing back to when Anakin and Thrawn teamed up. Right. And like in it, Thrawn is like, huh, so there was this Anakin Skywalker, great general of the day, and yeah. then he disappeared. And then suddenly, this Vader guy was there who could do a lot of that same stuff. So, he figures that out, and Tarkin figured it out too. Yes, in the that's Tarkin right. novel, we we figure, and that's why they have like this. He never really brings it up to Vader, but he knows. Yeah, yeah, and like that's why they have a they have a very mutual respect with one another, and why Vader is that's the only person besides the Emperor that Vader takes orders I from. I do like that Tarkin Me novel. Too. I do like that one. All right, next up, uh, we've got my comic planet. By the way, how many more do we got here, Jonathan? Seventy four. Okay, great. My Comic Planner writes, I was blown away by the Avatar trailer, but I had the same experience as you, John. No one said a word, LOL. Again, we just heard from somebody, Comic Planet, that their theater went nuts. Uh, we heard from somebody who said just a couple of people reacted. Mine was dead silent, but they were dead silent through all the trailers, to be fair. Yours was dead silent. It's going to be different for every audience. It's a comedy club. 
What's that? It's like a comedy club. Sometimes you get <laughs> massive reactions from some audience. Like, oh, that joke crushed last night. Another one's like, what a fart in an elevator that joke. Speaking was. of comedy, <laughs> did you? I don't know if you saw my Twitter. What I did the other night. Mm. Me and Ray went to uh, the Improv. And oh yeah, yeah, with Mick, Mick Foley, Foley and, I saw, and I did see that. Ziggler. Ziggler yeah. well, I, we had no idea Ziggler was. Ziggler was really funny. I love that. That's great. Ziggler he was seems really like funny. you've got a pretty big personality. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up. Uh, we've got Kenna who writes, I stayed away from the trailers and enjoyed the movie. My friends who enjoyed Dr. Strange less felt the trailers yeah. misled them. There is, I'm not going to say, we'll talk about it in the, in the spoiler discussion. There is a scene that is very much in the movie that they put in the trailer. That is exactly as it is in the movie that in and of itself was massively misleading, but I thought in a brilliant way. Yeah. And I, I will we'll talk about that. I obviously can't reveal that here, but there's a scene in the trailer that's exactly like it is in the movie, but just putting in the trailer was by nature misleading, but I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant misdirect. All right. Uh, Mike Farino writes, I loved it. Uh, there were a few parts that needed to be more fleshed out, uh, but for the most part, it was great. Uh, 206 was perfect, uh, was perfectly because of the pace. I agree. I, I, I felt that the pace of, even though there were some problems in, in act two, I thought the pace of the film was spot on. I, I felt there was a real cadence to the film. And uh, yeah, with whatever problems I have, I didn't think that was one of it. I, I like your observation there. All right. The Darman writes, I thought the Avatar The Way of Water trailer was kind of lame. I'm hoping that I enjoyed the movie more than the first one, which I also didn't like. Can I address something with that comment? Yeah. Right there. Uh, that comment alone, shows me why this movie's going to make lots of money. Because what does he say? He said, I didn't like the trailer. I didn't like the first one. But I hope I like this movie. Means he's going to see it. Going to go see it. That's that's why this movie's going to make so much money. Because people, whether or not you didn't, he didn't like the first movie. And he's still going to see it. <laughs> that, 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 that movie's going to make a lot of money. This, that's similar to what we brought the other day. It's like, it came up on the show where some, somebody said, you know, you know, nobody cares about Avatar. It's like, you know what? For a movie that nobody cares about, we get a lot of people talking about how they don't yep. care about it. Right. And a I hate lot of talk about how yeah. people don't care. It's like everybody's talking about Avatar. I'm telling you, look, I don't think the new Avatar is going to make $2 billion. I don't. I think a little bit too much time has passed. But this thing is going to make huge yeah. bank. Huge bank. Well, we'll see. Unless the movie sucks, but we'll find that out. All right. Uh, let's see. Kevin Unity writes, I felt the same as Rob. I did like the movie as I was watching it. I felt like I was a late 90s, early 2000s Marvel movie. Is that is that a good way to describe it? I mean, I, yeah. I, to me, it felt <laughs> like it, it would work as a standalone film. Like if you were just making a... It, it Because the rest of the MCU, I mean, yeah, you have to see WandaVision, I guess. But it felt like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily directly connected to anything that was going on in the rest of, because like Dr. Strange, went, it, it, he went on this odyssey by himself in America Chavez, like no one else knew, you know, and Wong. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I mean, no one else and the people at Comertage, whatever. But, but don't go to, don't give too many Yeah, details. but I mean, it's, it's, it, it didn't feel like, like anyone, if Dr. Strange say ran into a, a banner, He'd be like, dude, you're never going to believe what I just spent the last couple of weeks doing. <laughs> Banner would be like, what? You know, and he wouldn't have had any idea. Like, really? You went into the multiverse? <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, what's that? 13 more. 13 more. Okay, let's get through these last ones here. Danny Sanchez writes, so disappointed, uh, so disappointed this movie, wanted to cry. Oh, that's too bad, man. But again, like every movie... Everybody will have a different experience with. It depends on what we go into it with. And if it didn't work for you, that sucks, man. Sorry to hear about that, Danny. All right, Kenna writes, I stayed away from the trailers and enjoyed the movie. My friends who enjoyed the Doctor Strange less 
Uh, they oh we just, we already did that one I believe the trailers missed something yep uh, Sorrel Z writes thanks for uh, exposing epics from John uh, it finished strong how did you like it overall where do you think it will go from here dude I loved this show and if it wasn't for epics literally paying me to tweet about it I wouldn't have even known about this show and I am so glad that they're not paying me anymore they paid me i got paid i'm done it's in the bank so i can say whatever the hell i want now i really like this show and like it got a, a season lot. two and it got renewed for season two if you i know not everybody has epics but I'm, I'm telling you if you get a chance to check out this show from check it out it's got some lost vibes to it it's uh, only i think the premise is even better so check it out if you get a chance and where they i have no effing idea where they're going to go i hope it doesn't have a lost kind of ending I hope they got a better plan than Lost did, but uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm excited to find out. All right. Michael Serta writes, speaking of horror movies and possible snubs, one snub that I'll never get over is the Tony Collette for supporting actress in Hereditary. Listen, I think the word snub is obscenely overused. I don't think you should accurately use the word snub unless you can make an argument that the person should not have just been nominated. They maybe should have won. And so I think people way overuse the word snub. Tony Collette and Hereditary is one I will use because I honestly felt that she was not just going to get nominated. I honestly felt she was a front runner to win. And when the, I'll, I'll never forget that, man. I, I haven't felt that way, Christian, because I think you and I were doing a show together at the time. I haven't felt that way when they were reading off a nominee list and Tony Collette's name did not get mentioned since they read off the animated nomination list and Lego movie did get nominated. Oh, right. That one to me stood out more. I, I, I have not seen Hereditary still. So that, oh, so that's, oh yeah. my God. Tony yeah, Collette yeah, and that is so good. I, honest, I legitimately thought she was going to win the award, let alone just get a nomination. So I, I totally get where you're coming from, man. All right, next up. We got Harris uh, Servino who writes, and sends in like a $50 super chat to support us. Thank you, Harris, so much for your generosity and supporting on mass level, dude. That's very kind of you. Harris writes, hey, guys, been a fan since the Man of Steel spoiler review. So many people have found us that way. I uh, would love to see that style of review come back. I wanted to show support and say that I'm uh, convinced if Rob didn't spend all of his money on hot toys, that he would have a bunch of sugar babies. <laughs> Who's to say Robert isn't himself yeah, a sugar baby? You know, I, what can I say? I mean, you know, I, I can't <laughs> I can't talk about my sugar babies. It's always confidential. I, I, I will tell you this, though. I once started to try to calculate in my head how much you may have spent on hot toys. Just say in the last five years. And the number just becomes so astronomical in my head. I just get discouraged. It's, I, I don't actually want to know the it's, amount. Well, I, I mean, I stream with people that have a lot more than I do. Sure. You know, but but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I got a friend who does a lot more coke than me, so I'm OK. It's, no, it's it's a lot. But, you know, <laughs> I, but, lot, but, but, but you know what I would say, but but you and I, you and I like I don't buy clothes. I mean, look, I'm wearing this cool T-shirt. I like this, but I've had this for 12 years. I got this comic on like 2008. Right. You know, I don't I, I, the only thing Priorities. I already the only thing I spend money on is books, Blu-rays. And action figures. And no food. <laughs> no, I mean, I, well, food, yes. You know, the, the, I've been the, living the, off fumes for know, 33 I years. I don't have, like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy expensive suits. You know, I don't yeah. really buy, I don't, I don't go out a lot, you know. I mean, um, yeah. And, and I talk about them and, and use them in the work. Yeah. Do. No, no. You, I, yeah. I no. mean, it's true. I mean, I literally use the business card to buy, uh, to buy Captain America because I knew I wanted him as a set piece. Yeah. on the stage of the show and then so, it becomes part of you know it's a tax write-off it's a it's a yeah tax write-off is uh oh is uh over uh too much yeah, credit it's yes, given the tax yes. all right next up 
We've got uh, the man with the master plan writes. I just want to say hi, Christian. Let Ray review Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I already did. Yeah, that was that was his review. Yeah, I'm telling you, review. one of these days, I'm Ray, not sure yet. I'm, I'm going to get sure Ray yet. to have his own show. I still don't know how you got him to be on camera. For the it longest, took me I'm, years no, to get him to I, agree I, to I, be on camera. That's why I said it. Yeah, I, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Well, I'm so glad that you finally did. You're hilarious. <laughs> you always thought Ray was the funniest guy in the room. <laughs> took a while. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Ryan uh, Gerger, who writes, Hey, everyone. Wonder Twins activate a form of a canceled of movie. Axe. Axe Zaslav. So you weren't here for this, but we talked. So, of course, uh, all in one day, just after David Zaslav and Discovery took over Warner Brothers, they killed Batwoman, they killed Legends of Tomorrow, and they killed the Wonder Twins movie, which was one of the dumbest ideas in cinematic history. Wait, wait a second. Batwoman, the series? Yes. Like on TV? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. not Batgirl, the movie yeah, coming. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they cancel all that, and I refer to that as the Axe Zaslav. Mm-hmm. And then immediately we got about five or six different memes sent to us of like David Zaslav as a barbarian, killing things. It was glorious. Yeah. All right, thanks for sending that in, man. Appreciate that, Ryan. Next up, Miguel F. Souza Myers writes: Accidentally saw it in 3D IMAX. Doctor Strange and love the experience of 3D. Yes. Uh, glad to see Christian on the show. Have a good weekend, guys. I, you know, I'll say the Avatar. I went to go, the first time I saw Avatar, I did go to, to watch it in 3D because everybody's talking about it. And, and I will admit, I thought, you know what? That was pretty good. That was a pretty good experience. I'm, I just did not shed a tear with the death of 3D though. And I, we'll see if it have, do you think it'll have a resurgence with, with uh, Avatar 2? I hope 2? not. Listen, I, I agree. Listen, I got to tell you something. I'm a huge fan of home 3D. I have a lot of 3D. Yeah. Ray bought himself. So do I. Remember, I remember Ray I, bought I, himself I, a 3D looks- TV. I'm like, Why? It's great at home because it's bright enough. I agree. What killed 3D, especially in American theaters, was the presentation was terrible. Yes. The, it was too dark. They never had the lights bright enough. So when you went in and saw a 3D movie, it was muddy. It was dark. It didn't. It was you, lazy. A it, lot of it was lazy. It was, And then they post-converted a lot of yes. movies. When you saw movies that were shot native 3D, like, I mean, Avatar in 3D IMAX was an incredible visual feast but i can't tell you how many 3d movies i went to in, in reputable theaters where the presentation was terrible yeah and so it could never catch on it caught on in other places like you can still get you know they still chart the sales of 3d blu-rays every week they still come out people still buy them yeah i have a few of them and i and i and i, I agree with you and the glasses are much better at home than this yep. yeah the glasses ones that you have no i i they're active and the, at the brightness levels yeah are. and i liked there was like I mentioned before, Avatar and Dread are the two best, but there's so many that were so like I remember when that fad was happening, and Ellis and I would go to see these movies. And it's like, hey, this one's 3D, and we're like, oh. But you yeah, know no, what no. was man, Dread is so good. I, I was, you yeah. know what else is actually pretty good? I remember walking, and it was one of the post-converted ones, it, not the greatest movie in the world. Do you remember that Paul Bettany movie, Priest? I do. Yeah. That the 3D. I remember watching yeah. that in 3D, and I'm going, oh, okay, this actually was pretty good. Now it might have had something to do with that I was sitting beside. Uh, um, who was just the star and protege? Oh, um, that started oh, the, like, the, the uh, Maggie Q. Maggie, yeah, Maggie Q. Maggie or, Q. It might have had something to do with the fact that I was sitting right yeah. beside Maggie Q. But honestly, Priest wasn't bad and either. And 3D animation's really great too. Yes, I just animation have to ask. None of better. none of you guys are interested Maggie in me. seeing Doctor Strange in 3D I after am on you saw yeah. it. It looks like more than fifty percent of it 
was was made for. I think 3D. Kevin Feige made that announcement yeah. too. He yeah. said that but, it's it's this one is really made for three D. But when they're made for three D and it's presented as a three D, that's obviously when they're much opening better. scene and it has proper proper calibration. Yeah, right. Opening scene, yeah. you could tell even yeah. the they end want credits, to watch this in th even in the 3D. first part of the end credits. Yeah, I'm sure. The, I'm with sure the words this looks look really like good they're 3D. 3D. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, we're already a bit over time here, so let's get through these last ones here. Harris Servino, who sends in a fifty dollars super chat. Thank. Oh wait, say is this the same one you already read? Uh, hey guys, been a fan since the man. Okay. Yeah. Ready to have that one? Uh, thank you again, Harris, though, just for the sake of it. Uh, Xander Bethel writes, uh, if I wasn't a betting man, I'd say we'd see Lila uh, from Moon Knight or Layla and Torres, uh, the new Falcon. Let me try this again. If I was a betting man, I'd say we see Layla from Moon Knight and Torres, the new Falcon, share the screen with their bird wings within a few years. I don't see how there's any connection there whatsoever other than the fact that there's wings. Um, I, again, I'm, I love the Layla character in Moon Knight until the finale. This whole thing of you get superpowers and you get superpowers. It was like completely out of nowhere and uh, I just didn't like it. Anyway. All right. Thanks for sending that in, man. Dr. Bright writes, who has the better Superman score? John Williams or Hans Zimmer? Beam or score? Mm. I, yeah, he says score. I Williams. bet he means theme. Yeah, Williams. I bet he means themes. Well, I'm going to lean towards Williams. Um, like I listen to the Hans Zimmer. <laughs> what are you going to do when you're not saving the world's piece? Like three times a week, at least I get in the shower. I tell Google play that song. It just gets me hyped up yeah. for the day. There is a brilliant on YouTube. You can find this great mashup of the two yep. themes. Yeah. I think Mark Riley might've been the yeah, one to introduce yeah, me to it. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. I love both of them, but I, I gotta agree with these but guys. But that Smallville music in Williams' score is so good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And March right. of the Villains. <laughs> Next up, we got Mister Forty Seven writes. Uh, Schmoes, no, Multiverse of Madness was way more self-contained than anticipated. Yeah, I, that surprised me a bit. But I loved all the Raimi aspects of the film. Uh, just needed more focus and setup. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of setup to this movie. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I felt that. Um, but yeah, the Raimi aspects, I agree with you, Mr. 47. I think that's really where the movie shined was when you really felt the Raimi-ness of it. And to Christian's point, if you're a Raimi fan, that's glorious. All right. Joseph Rot uh, Rotani writes, the next Jurassic franchise could be called Jurassic War. I mean, if they wanted to follow the Planet of the Apes naming conventions. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like that. That's a cool like, Jurassic War 1, Jurassic War 2, and yeah. whatever the Jurassic And maybe War been something. what the third Apes film should have been. A, a movie called War for the Planet of the Apes. A movie called War for the Planet of the Apes where there was, in fact, no war. Except, like, I mean, kind of, but not but not, not a full-fledged. Yeah, yeah. The whole and there right? was more people fighting people yes. than anything yes. else. All right, uh, next up, that was Joseph. Jocko Lacko writes... Uh, finished watching Doctor Strange. What the heck were those transition scenes? Straight from mm -hmm. a 2002 movie. I was so dissatisfied with this movie. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Jocko. Again, look, it's not a movie that everybody is loving, no doubt. I think the majority are, but it's not going to be for everybody. I think some of the things, to your point about if you're a Raimi fan, there are things about this movie that are going to be the reason some people love it, yep. and at the same time, the reason some people really don't. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Dark Man in this movie. There is. Going oh, there to, is. And Spider Man. There's yeah, like, Spider, like, yeah. So the way that he shot certain things in Spider Man. I remember looking, go, and that's, and actually, some of the, I remember, it took me out of the movie at times, and it's not going to take some people out. They're going to go, wow, this is cool. And I'm like, exactly what this guy just said. Like, yeah. it felt very like 2002, some of those transitions, and I'm like, it's just not working right now for me. Mm. All right, next up. What's that? 
Oh, well, let's let's get to it here. Uh, let's. Can you bring it up on the screen for me? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, the next have just been people sending in, even after we closed off Super Chats, people just wanted to send in Super Chat badges to be supportive. Our our sugar daddy, Brian Whitney, sends in another $20. Thank you, Brian. Jeez, Brian. Uh, Walter White Walker <laughs> uh, sends in a couple bucks. Uh, Charlie Durai sends in 10 uh, Fredo sends in Fredo. a couple. Guys, thank you so much for everybody and everybody. That'll do it. For today's installment of the John Kambi Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats in that 90-second window. Uh, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. I want to thank the guy sitting in the room with me. First of all, back there, who's been yeah. with you guys in the live chat. Ray or Ray, where can people find you, Ray? Oh, well, the show should be called The John Campia Show, brought to you by Brian Whitney. <laughs> no, it's Ray or with a zero. Sitting right beside me over here, Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, Burnett RM. Find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett, where John can't find me because he doesn't follow me on Instagram. Oh. I'm working or on find it. Find me on my own YouTube channel, The Post Geek Singularity, and on TikTok. At the Post Geek Singularity. And of course, special guest joining us here today. It's great to have him in the studio. Christian Harleff. Christian, where can people follow all the stuff you've got going on online? I didn't tell you this, but I, the other day, speaking of what Ray was going to do for his uh, screening of, of uh, Multiverse of Madness, I did when I saw mine. And uh, <laughs> I went back and had a little bit of a loopy review. And inside of it, I decided what I was going to do was by June 1st, I'm right now at 42,000 subscribers on YouTube. When I hit 50,000, I don't like lemon pie, John. I said I was going to smash myself in the face with a lemon <laughs> pie and do a full video with a lemon pie on my face, whether it's a long-form video or ever. But I had to hit 50,000 subscribers by June 1st. So go to the Christian Harlow channel and watch me get pie in the Man, face. I'm, I'm closer to 50,000 than you. Yeah, Maybe I should do that. Maybe we should throw pies in each other's face. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people would actually be curious to see us do that. Yeah, like how many pies can we throw? Let's do that. So let's do it. Uh, and guys, of course, you can follow me just on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, simply at John Campia. Guys, don't forget, uh, a little bit later today, we got a mailbag coming from Robert Meyer Burnett, so keep you guys' eyes open for that. And once again, don't forget, on Sunday, all the things you loved, all the things you didn't about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Sunday, we will be doing an open spoiler discussion about it. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys join us for that. Guys, subscribe to the channel, and uh, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. That'll do it for us for now, guys. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.